I've never seen an episode of Frasier. As a person who also has never seen an episode of Frasier, I'm not alone. I think that, well, like you know, like what is up with our generation's weird? You guys didn't watch (laughs) Frasier, no? But how did Frasier just come back into like the popular consciousness in the past, like? Well, Pat, we're at the end of history, and so all pop culture is just this kind of slowly accumulating mass of detritus that sort of spits up out of the gutter every now and again. And something yeah, it's like old sp- faithful. Every every now and again, something very specific is latched on. But usually, it's something like, "Oh, it's on Netflix," and just and people are just like rewatching it, you know, while they as they when they go to bed or whatever. But somehow, Frasier's like, I feel like I hear people. Our age referencing it way more like in the past four years. I think it's I, funny to talk about it ironically. Well, it was like but a, did they watch it? I we I didn't watch Frasier as a kid. It's not about no. watching it. It's about the sort of like nostalgic ambience of of remembering it just being on television when you were small. We, I think that's what a lot of I don't like, know. It seems, it seems like a lot of people are pretty well versed in the mythology of Frasier. I, I mean, I've seen Frasier. Sure. I mean, I've seen you, bits uh, of Frasier. You have a Frasier t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> you have, you have a, Niles Crane. a Niles Crane t-shirt. Now, uh, let, uh, yes, but it is from the show Frasier. It's just, a Frasier t-shirt. That's right, because his name is actually David Hyde Pierce. And he's and from he, Saratoga Springs. He's from he is the most famous alumnus of our high school. Yes. Yeah. Went to the Yaddo. But we're going to... We're going to beat that, yeah. right, because of this <laughs> podcast. Hey, David oh, yeah. Hyde Pierce, we're coming for your spot, <laughs> okay? People will, will talk about Saratoga Springs High School and be like, the guys who hosted that Keanu Reeves podcast. podcast. Mm-hmm. Died tragically as soon as it was finished. <laughs> wait, In wait, remembrance, in wait, memoriam. Wait, can I, can I bring up a <laughs> significant news? What's that? Yeah. We've been recording, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, of we well, first of all, I want to say... Uh, <laughs> I just assume 100% of the time I'm being recorded. No, yeah. you don't, because you, say, you say things off mic that you know could not be recorded. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's Uh-oh. the problematic <laughs> member of the, the podcast. You all never tell. Um, well, he, he may be. No one can confirm. Yeah. Is that true? No, he's a sweetie. You don't know. Yeah, or am I a big sweetie? Yeah, um, but what I just wanted to say was... Welcome to Can't Get Enough of Keanu, the internet's premier Keanu Reeves podcast, in which we explore the filmography of that great ageless enigmatic Canadian actor, movie by movie. I'm Patrick Willems. I'm Jake Torpy. I'm Matt Torpy. And guys, we have, um, I think, multiple pieces of news that are worth discussing. That is true. That is true. (laughs) Let's talk about first... An earlier incarnation, if you will, staying thematically tied to the movie we will talk about, an earlier incarnation of this podcast. Oh, oh, that, yes, that news. Yeah. Um, so, last night, earth-shattering news hit the internet yeah. that um, I saw because someone uh, posted it in our subreddit, r slash thrillums. Everyone go talk about this podcast there, please. Yeah. Um, and I got a notification about like a new post there, yeah. and, uh, and then I got very, very excited. Because so I've already been looking forward to I'm like I, I'm pretty generally fairly lukewarm on Guy Ritchie as a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm, I've been excited about this movie that, that that has already been announced that he's making called Cash Truck, an action heist movie starring Jason Statham and Ben Bailey, I think. Oh, sorry. Cash Cab. This is a bad joke. Yeah, it was pretty. I wow, like there it. was dead no. silence. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> 
All right, sorry. fine. This <laughs> is strike one. I, 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 did, I didn't know Ben Bailey's name, so I was like, "Is that an, who? Who was that?" Sorry, magic? that was a cash cab joke. I liked and it, it, and Jake. it died. I, yeah, well, it. you didn't vocalize your enjoyment <laughs> of it. Well, it wasn't one of those laugh sort of jokes. Yeah, it was like <laughs> a, it was a quietly nod, like appreciation. It was yeah. a mind chuckle. Yeah, okay. yeah. But so, cash truck, great title. I want to see yeah. Jason Statham rob a cash truck, but. It was announced as the as the cast is is getting fleshed out and more people are, are joining the ensemble. Yeah, mm-hmm. yes. Our boy Josh Hartnett making a return to mainstream Hollywood studio films. Pat, do we know which studio is going to be distributing this? Um, I think weirdly enough. I saw MGM, MGM, who I didn't even know was a functioning studio. I thought MGM was owned by someone else. MGM is uh, usually draws off a lot of archival stuff. But yeah, I didn't know that they were a functional one. They they sort of own the rights to a lot of old IP. Like I think MGM kind of holds on to Rocky franchise. Yeah, and, uh, they're involved. James Bond, um, maybe. But I, no. No, not not James Bond. Oh well. Um, no, well, well, I don't know. Well, here's the the, the headline I'm not on the encyclopedia. <laughs> the headline on Deadline uh, from uh, two days ago says MGM swoops for a Guy Ritchie thriller Cash Truck starring yeah. Jason Statham. What does that mean? Swoops. Um, it says that Puts I, in an early bid. This isn't like an exclusive article. I. MGM has taken domestic and select international rights on Cash Truck. The the oh. <laughs> The Miramax action thriller. Okay. And so I'm, and now I'm just wondering. Joshy's back at Miramax. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> but of course, like, what, get what is it, huh? Miramax now? Because obviously yeah, I mean, the, the, the infamous Weinsteins left Miramax a long time ago because Miramax, I believe, remained owned by Disney uh, because then they started the Weinstein company. I'm sure it's completely, just in a staff sense, fully restructured. But why hold on to the name at this point? Why not rebrand, you know? Well, it's probably just some sort of like cost-benefit analysis of the brand itself. You also, know? considering yeah. that, that Miramax got its name from the Weinstein's parents. It was like Miriam and Max, and they combined. That's how they got the name Miriam. Oh, Max. Right. Miriam. Yeah. Maximilian. <laughs> <laughs> I love Maximilian as the full name for Max. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's that or Maxwell. You know, you I'm really I'm know. really curious now. Okay, I uh, Jake, look look this up. Who owns Miramax right now? Yeah, because it see. used to be a subsidiary of Disney. Is and Jason which, Statham gonna rob the cash truck or drive it? Because I think it would be more interesting if it's like some guy who needs to deliver. He's riding one of those Garda ooh. trucks and he needs to survive. Uh, it is a revenge story that shifts across timelines and between various characters' perspective. At yeah. the center is nice. a guy named just the letter H, played yes. by Statham, a cold and mysterious character who works at a cash truck company responsible for moving hundreds of millions of dollars around Los Angeles each week. But he betrays them. Uh, mm. It is a remake of a 2004 French movie called Le Convoyeur. <laughs> Le Convoyeur de, de l'argent. <laughs> yeah, but uh, and so I'm assuming that th- this is basically a thing where like because Guy Ritchie directed Aladdin, which did make a billion dollars. <laughs> um well, I didn't Will see Smith it, but Robin it made a billion dollars. Yeah. But uh, Will Smith is playing Robin Williams. <laughs> Ooh, I'm Will Smith. I'm a genie. <laughs> but so, but because it really seems like because of the success of that, like Guy Ritchie is just kind of lining up like the stuff that he's allowed to do now because he has that that movie with uh, Matthew McConaughey, The Gentleman, coming out early <laughs> next year, which is a return to 
the British crime movie that he like kind of that made his name exactly on. Exactly like a kind of Matthew McConaughey vehicle. The it's like, <laughs> McConaughey is like hey the one there. American in an all British cast. Oh, that's cool. And uh, but then he's going to do this afterwards. And uh, and the important thing is Josh is back. Yes, we will do an episode on this movie whenever this movie comes out. <laughs> Even if like Matt lives in South America, we'll like <laughs> have no fear. We'll travel down there. Down there, yeah. Google exactly. But guys, I'm excited. Like. Josh, I mean, he he has that TV show that's yeah. on the Paramount Network lined up, and uh, and then he's going to do this. And could this be the beginning of the heartening that I, we talked so much so. about? I hope this is a sign of things to come. Even As in, like like, like movies heart- that that are that we can actually watch Find. easily that we don't have to wait a year for them to hit VOD after yeah. they've they've like done their like brief festival debut to a lukewarm response yeah. which is what's <laughs> happening with she's missing yeah um or bury themselves into archival oblivion because of like behind the scenes drama surrounding the long home and James Franco's production company exactly that sort of stuff you know, I just you know general things that happen to movies you know what I mean stuff, yeah. all yeah. I ask is a Josh Hart in a movie that gets a wide release in like 3000 theaters where I can use my AMC A-list account to not really pay money and reserve my ticket uh, to just like stroll down to the theater uh, for like a Thursday matinee yeah. and watch it. Pat just wants to have a good time with the movies watching Josh Hartnett. Yeah, our sexy, tall, mysterious boy, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but plus, Ooh, also, this this could be yeah. a return for Josh to like uh, Slevin territory, yeah. a crime movie with shifting timelines. Yeah, and you know what's going to be great about and this some movie? some stupid gimmick about not feeling fear or something. <laughs> yeah, how <laughs> many? Do you think there'll be a Kansas City shuffle in this one? God, that I mean, movie's if, so stupid. If, if we're talking about early Guy Ritchie movies, there's no movie that's better suited to do that kind of shit. I mean, that's what Slevin was probably borrowing it's from basically, anyways. Yeah. It's trying to be like a Tarantino it's a movie ter- and a Guy Ritchie movie. Yeah, it's, they're trying to mash two It directors together, Yeah, and it really sucks. What's great, too, But that's it. we had a great time talking about it. Yes. And so the second piece of news. Yo, sorry. Yeah, the yeah, second piece of news. Well, Jake, you're the, uh, the gossip hound on this podcast. You want to talk about it? Oh, that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think I was talking uh, about? I had no idea. I, oh. I just, I was it's just like, as interested as the guests and the listeners might be. <laughs> nor- normally, we, we don't really go in for too much gossip. We, yeah. we don't want to invade Keanu's personal life. No, but you know what? It's it's in the news. It's it's something that we're allowed to comment on. Keanu's got a sweet new girlfriend. No, well, no. It's, I mean, not, it's an old friend, not, right? But not a new girlfriend unveiled. and someone we've talked about before. Yeah, yeah, we read their book. We read their book. Shadows. Alexandra, Miss Alexandra Grant, everybody. Mm-hmm. Keanu yeah. Reeves' new beau. But that is, this is his Big. first public relationship in yeah. like 20 years. Yeah. And we're just happy for him. He, Keanu Reeves has always had that sort of air of mysteriousness that always had a tinge of melancholy to it. And like right. A, tinge a of man a, destined to be alone. But. Yeah. To sit on on benches, to sit on benches, just working on motorcycles and just being quiet. Yeah, the world loves him, but does he have love? Yeah, does Keanu love himself? He has a Zen like, uh, just sort of, uh, uh, or a Buddhist like. Yeah, yes. uh, hint, hint. <laughs> like, yeah. I guess the big news is just yeah, just like he he had revealed because everyone's so thirsty for that that tabloid. That tablet and the more shit. mysterious you are, the more that like Hungry. desire to kind of know what's going on amplifies. Right. And I think also Which this is an unfortunate byproduct for him because I think it's like totally and and like uh, 
it's totally against what he's hoping just being quiet will provide, which is just people stop caring. And right. instead it just amplifies like the mystery around him. But this is also, like, of course, do do it this is the, the year of the Keanu songs where, yeah. where, where like the world kind of realizes how much they love Keanu. Yeah. And so this was kind of, you know, obviously... I think a lot of the conversation around him this year has been people being like, oh man, he seems like a really good person. Oh man, he's making like fun movies. Oh man, he's just like, he's just like interesting to listen to. He has like profound thoughts. And so everyone likes him. And now this is a moment where we're all happy for him. Yeah. One of the funny things about this silly news article that came out too. uh, I I just Googled it. There is, are so many articles like dissecting this. Too many to be like, just happy that you're in a relationship. Can I read some insane headlines? That's it. That's the end of what anyone should be saying. Okay. So, well, here's a page six article. The headline is Keanu Reeves' girlfriend, Alexander Grant. What you need to know about the visual artist. (laughs) Here's one on the cut. Those types of articles. Keanu Reeves' lady friend has given me the courage to turn 40. Wow. Um, okay. Sure. But then, okay. Yeah, I mean, Here's one that is wild. You don't need courage; it just happens. Yeah. It's on. It's from the Pacifica <laughs> Tribune. How Keanu Reeves found love again after tragedy. Okay. His that happened so long. His ago. tragedy was 20 years ago. It's and, weird. And, to it, like, <laughs> and he did experience some like legitimate like tragedies. Yeah. But also, it's not like this happened three years ago and he bounced back. It's like, that is decades. It's also weird to, I feel yeah. like the weird assumption with that statement is that like he just spent the past 20 years like living in an apartment that has no furnishings <laughs> for like the entire time. Just, and just literally grieved. John Wick style. Just yeah. like <laughs> looking at like one tape that he yeah, recorded it's like, I'm and sure crying. dude has a normal life and has been happy since then at, at certain points during the year. and st- Like, I don't know. It's, it's such a silly thing to say. It's like but it's all part of like bes- the, the myth making of yeah. being a public figure, which you know, it, it's it you know it's kind of bland to say, but it comes with its ups and downs. It's like my my, my favorite thing about this whole you know news, like oh, Keanu Reeves has a new girlfriend, isn't this great? Is uh is that people like like there were enough people I guess whose first impression looking at the photo thought it was Helen Mirren for a split yeah, second. Yeah, and Helen Mirren says she is happy to be confused for Keanu Reeves' girlfriend. Yeah, but but my the the line I liked even better than that cuz obviously it gets to Helen Mirren and they're like, "Helen Mirren, Helen <laughs> photos everywhere. Did you hear the Keanu Reeves they compared Alexandra Grant to?" And she's like, "Oh yeah." And she's like, "I knew Keanu cuz my husband I guess had worked w- uh, with him a little bit in The Devil's Advocate back in 1999." And um and what did she say? She was like, "We know Keanu very well and he's a lovely boy and um and uh what did, what did she say? It was so funny. It was so funny. It was like so like cute and British. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? She was like, I'm sure that uh, Alexandra Grant, she's a very lucky girl. And Keanu, I bet he's a very lucky boy as well. Mm, <laughs> it was yes. just like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's so nice. What a good way to respond to that too. Yeah. Oh, I, I, but, I forgot Helen Mirren was married to Taylor Hackford. Yeah. The, who we'll talk about on our Devil's Advocate episode. Oh, yeah. And the... Uh, the thing about this news, obviously, yeah. like I, I felt it was w- relevant to bring up, especially because we read their book shadows yeah and uh and i from the like the i think i read like one article about this but it did say like sources close to them say that they've been together for a while and uh and that you know and of course with keanu because he doesn't like you know getting into like his personal life too much he clearly made a deliberate choice to be like i'm going to go public yeah with this now yeah anyway I would have to guess shows like a commitment at some point where he's like, yeah, I guess this is serious enough where I'm not going to be like showing you somebody that then like two months later, all of a sudden it's like, oh, we broke up, you know? It probably means that the, they have a good relationship with each other. And it probably also is like, you know, 
you make that 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 decision to go public so that you can, you're finally ready to deal with scrutiny in yeah. a way that like even if you're like three years in, it might just put this. You're like, okay, I'm really I really want this to work. Like I can't also have everyone like just salaciously trying to like snap photos and like Constantly, learn. Yeah, yeah. And write all of these probably articles that if I don't go public or whatever are just articles that'll just take free range and license to write whatever they want, totally unfounded on any fact about them, you know? Mm -hmm. Like mysterious woman counties with signals, new tragedy ahead or something. You know, but you're like the, just but, making up shit in the news. It's like this it's, isn't it's true. Like Nightcrawler they're yeah. trying to murder her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But again, you look at how people just jump on any like photo of Keanu Reeves or they're they're always like secretly filming him yeah. when he's like on a bus or on the subway or whatever. <laughs> it's terrible sounding, and honestly. It, it does, but like, you know, clearly like I I, I imagine this stuff that you know they considered and uh about like, oh, like it is a bummer that he presumably had to like hide his relationship from the world yeah. and like do it in secret. Yeah. So anyway, all I want to say is good for Keanu. Yeah, good for you, buddy. And this is great. Uh, I'm just buddy. happy, buddy. Buddy. I'm, I'm yeah. happy for our dude. Uh, you know, Keanu, it, it, when you eventually come on the show as a guest, uh, we're not gonna pry about this stuff uh, because you know that's that's your that's your private life, and you know. It's not. It's not our business. Hey, we Keanu, we'll respect it. That being said, hey, Alexandra Grant, come on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, and tell us all the deets, the dirty deets, girl. <laughs> no, we we're only going to talk about shadows. Yeah, yeah. The book and nothing else for exactly. two hours. But hey, also, Look, I'll hey, take it. Listen, that's all we talk about. Keanu, listen. It's none of my business. You know what I'm saying? It's just hey, good good. For, it's none of my business. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. Right. Simple as that. And as simple as that. And it is what it is. And good. You know, it's not my business, but it is what it is. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. And we'll just leave it at that. And you on know? that note, uh, as, as you can tell from this discussion, today we're talking about Little Buddha, Aww. a film by Bernardo Bertolucci. <laughs> hey, look, I'm not saying anything. Hey, it's none of my business. <laughs> I love that guy. But it is what I it love is. whatever that, that character is. I was like, is, is that just De Niro? <laughs> no, I, I was thinking well, like a sort of like Long Island Italian guy. Yeah. Well, he's good, and I hope he returns to the show. Long Island point. Italian guy? Yeah. Oh, you bet your <laughs> Boy, do I have some things in store for that You're just keeping man. that in the chamber. Just yeah. for, if you thought for that, that was good, just wait for other... <laughs> Things that he'll say. <laughs> uh, Matt, are you are you implying I'm gonna have to edit this podcast? No, but the man is from Long Island. But he is. I'm know. just saying it's not gonna be me saying it. It's gonna be a man with a completely different context culturally, <laughs> namely a context of ignorance. <laughs> uh, well, now I'm 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 scared. I. Uh, <laughs> He's coming. Uh, so, friends, yeah. we're, we're, uh, we're talking about the film Little Buddha, this which is, is a movie I have been so excited to get to. Same. Just because I didn't know it existed. And then when we started, you know, when we decided to do Keanu and started doing a little bit of research, it was this weird entry on his filmography. And when I just clicked on it on the IMDb link and the poster came up and yeah. I saw the image of Keanu Reeves, yep. immediately I was like... I can't wait to see this movie. I'm horrified of what it might be, yeah. but I gotta see this. Hey, listen, yeah. if you end up don't even watching, not even watching this movie, at least, the very least, do yourself a favor and just look at what Keanu looks like in this movie. <laughs> it's, it is very funny. It's wild. You, and well, of its time. Here's the thing. Also, there are YouTube clips. This yeah. is a hard movie 
to get a hold of. Yeah. It is not easily accessible. That That's honestly why I, originally I had thought about like having a guest for this episode. Mm-hmm. And when it was clear how hard the movie was to track down, I was like, no, we'll, th- this is like, this is such a pain for us. Like we'll just like do it ourselves yeah. and not inconvenience anyone else. <laughs> honestly, these like last couple movies have been tough to, to acquire. We still haven't watched uh, even Cowgirls Get the Blues. Right. Because that movie is so hard to track down, mm-hmm. which for a 90s Gus Van Sant film. Right after My Own Private Idaho. Should not be that hard. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I'll talk about the the struggle to get a hold of that movie on that, on that episode, episode yeah. because um, still still haven't been able to track to track it down. Yeah. So on, in this ver- we uh, we watched the I guess Australian cut of this movie. Wait, what? This is an Australian cut of the movie? Okay, Pat I, was telling me that Pat sent the link because we to were watch. we were for a while we were like confused as to how long the film was because Pat's like it's two hours and we're like well we saw it two hours fifteen and then there's two hours twenty right. And I guess you were saying yes, different okay. cuts. Okay, there are two run times. Also, I, I tried to do some research. There's for a movie that I feel like if this came out now would have so much written about it for multiple reasons. Oh yeah, many reasons. There, uh, which we'll get into. Scarlett Johansson would have a little less heat on her. I would <laughs> think. She'd finally be like, Jesus! Finally, the finally. news cycle takes it on to somebody else. All right. Yeah, and again, we'll get My into Harriet that. Harriet Tubman biopic. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, by the way, so you know that movie Harriet? Yeah. Uh, not Scar- Scarlett Scarlet Johansson. Um, I wish. I, so I, I just saw like a, a billboard for it on my way over here yeah. to record. And every single time I see an ad for it, all I can think about is the movie Transformers The Last Night, where they reveal that... Transformers assisted Harriet Tubman on the Underground Railroad and that Harriet Tubman was a member of the Society of Wit Wiccans. Wow, what a reveal that would be in this film. Yeah, well, because the Harriet, it looks a little bit more, like, it doesn't, it's being sold less as, like, just a classic, like, bland prestige biopic and a little, like, a little bit edgier. Okay. And, uh, they're playing, like, harder music and they're, like, like Birth Harriet of a Nation comes when back that movie with came a gun, out. yeah. Yeah, hey, remember that? The, the, the crazy narrative of the release of Birth of a Nation, yeah, sort of. When yeah. It, it blew up at Sundance, I remember that. Uh, I got, I got bought, I think by like Fox Searchlight, maybe for like fifteen million dollars, and then all the news, the director about and, Nate Parker's, yeah. uh, I forgot about, about this about stuff that he did in college came out, and it destroyed like the the press for that movie yeah. so much. The movie was buried immediately. Wait, what did Nate Parker do? I mean, oh, well, I feel like you can guess. <laughs> let's just, okay, let's well, just say sexual assault allegations. That yeah, seemed, that kind of that stuff. That seemed like pretty well-founded. Uh, yeah. okay. uh, basically that. And so suddenly that like o- like just overshadowed everything else. And, and it, a movie that seemed like in February, like, oh my God, this thing is going to sweep the Oscars. Yeah. It did not sweep the Oscars. Oh, interesting. And, but uh, this, did, that movie, I, I always got the impression, had edgier tones like the Harriet Tubman movie is yeah, kind of trying to put on a, a, like a, a little, modernized sort of a little bit kind of take on historical right. stuff or something like that exactly but i okay. uh, dude but, if megatron's in the fucking movie can you imagine count me in yeah <laughs> because like the thing is we need more sort of like david mitchell style hypertext in every movie 
Yeah, exactly. I want to. Let's make it MCU, but it's movies cinematic universe, (laughs) (laughs) and it's free reign, and and everybody can everyone anybody else's movie. Anyone can be in it. (laughs) (laughs) Everything is public domain. Teeth Sonic Hedgehog. He's helping Harriet Tubman run slaves (laughs) (laughs) quickly. Quickly, he does it. uh, Meanwhile, Darth Vader is is uh, I guess an Eps. I don't know. It doesn't all have to be in the Civil War, I guess, because they're in space. Yeah, Jason X. (laughs) Here we go. Here we go. So, and Event Horizon. And Dragonheart Dragon. Yeah. Right. So the thing that I was just saying, getting at uh, yeah. with, with the Harriet Tubman the movie, Tubman. is like, like on the poster, she's got a gun. It's that kind of thing. Gun. It's, uh, <laughs> it's wow. like... Wow. She, like... Neat. The, the, they're selling it as like a little bit more badass yeah. than, uh, than a lot of these movies like traditionally are. Right. And, but every time I see that poster, uh, I just think like... Man, so the Transformers were helping her out, and yeah. uh, you know, like because just throughout history, right? Yeah. Jake, have you seen Transformers: The Last Night? No, Patrick, I have not seen Transformers: The Last Night. It's the most confusing film ever made. You've told me a little bit about it. Like it wraps in sort of the King Arthur legend at the beginning. Oh, the first and, and twenty minutes of the table. movie yeah. are all about King Arthur, and they feature Stanley Tucci as Merlin, who is an alcoholic. Uh, important note, Stanley Tucci played a different character in the previous Transformers movie. Right. And there's the amazing revelation that uh, what people in that world thought of as magic yeah. was actually just Merlin being given technology by Transformers that yeah. lived in a cave. And so King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table are waging this huge war that they're losing. And then right. Merlin goes off in this last-ditch effort to save the day, and he does, by convincing the Transformers that live in a cave to help him out, and they show up with their big robot dragon, and uh, so and then stupid. they like join the Knights of the Round Table. It's the best part of the movie. Yeah. But that's the beginning of this movie. Yeah. And then later on, Anthony Hopkins shows up and reveals that this was the beginning of the formation of the Society of Wit Wiccans, mm-hmm. in which Harriet Tubman was also a member. There's also Damn. a flashback scene to World War II where the Transformers mm-hmm. help the Allies kill Nazis. Wow. Okay. There's, only, there's cool. only like three periods that anyone ever wants to yeah. like do anyway. It's Medieval, like, World War II. Well, that's it. We do not actually see a flashback to the 1800s and uh, the, Civil the War. Underground Railroad because I feel like once you bring actual like American slavery into a Transformers movie, mm-hmm. it's a little th- too real. It's going. It's a little too real. For I don't a movie know, that's man. Supposed to be silly fantasy, you know. That movie went. That movie goes that hard that like. It, it, if you know, it's it's a pretty like much only a slam dunk morally if you're just on the side of freeing slaves. You know what I mean? So like, true. if the Transformers were doing that, you'd be like, yeah, they're, yeah, like, they're driving like a robot McLaren that talks out of like. <laughs> I suppose in a weird way, it's not any more or less cartoonishly cathartic than say like a Tarantino movie where you have. Well, yes, like, it is because it's based on Hasbro toys, <laughs> and, <laughs> and and it's about transforming robots from the planet Cybertron. And then it also raises a lot of questions like, these robots are, like, omnipotent and can destroy everything. Why was there, like, if they were helping on the Underground Railroad, they could have just won the Civil War in a day. Yeah, yeah. Why did they not just wipe out slavery? It's just a weird thing to bring into this universe. For sure, for sure. I'm not arguing that. Yeah. Anyway, this is a podcast about Keanu So anyways, Keanu's doing kind of what the Harriet Tubman movie was doing, I guess, is what her point was. <laughs> yeah. With a, with a dash of ScarJo. Yeah. So like... Wait, how did I... Why did I bring up the I Harriet don't know, man. I don't know, Your Pat, brain is just okay. so diseased with, like, Transformers <laughs> movies. It's all right, though. Like, you're like, <laughs> Transformers movies. <laughs> like, Felicity, just shit swirling around in there. 
shit swirling around in there. It's funny you say that because by the time this episode is out, I will have released a video where there's just an interlude in the middle of it where I explain my Star Wars Felicity theory again. Oh, no. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Ooh, man. Just hey, look, guys. We're, we we're like 30-something days away from Star Wars Episode Nine, so I've really got to go on the record with my insane theory about what I think will happen in that point. movie. Yeah. Because just... That's a great point. If anything... <laughs> look, if there is time travel in that movie... Yeah, yeah. I'm going to look like a genius. Yeah. Because I called it it a year and a half early. Yeah, you got to signal that out into the ether right now. You have a very specific prediction. You'll be the new movie's Nate Silver. Dude, you'll be like, um, oh, what's that guy's name? No, but only if Felicity is connected. Like, like, she's in it. She's in it. Right. Yeah. So that's already like a good sign. Oh, oh, I know. Who's that famous investor that always talks, who always predicts the market really well? Nostradamus. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Unimportant. Whatever. Let's move on. You're that guy of of Felicity and Star Wars references. Fuck. Why can't I think of his name? Now I want to matter. Anyway, he lives in a ranch. Yeah. And he's rich. Yeah. Everybody. The fuck is his name? Ben Bernanke. <laughs> it's I, not Ben Bernanke, you know but that's I was the first of, name that comes to mind. I, I was sort of Ben Bernanke, and he's the Pokemon. <laughs> he's the Pokemon <laughs> Hell yeah. And he's like, why did we hire this Pokemon? Yeah. Ben Bernanke. He's coming in and clobbering through our pane glass doors with his big fists. But look, so... Ben so, Bernanke. Ooh. And he's into BDSM. And he's also a little rascal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He rides that fire hose, if you know what I mean? So Hell look at the yeah. little rascals. It happened in the movie. Spanky rides a fire hose. Right. Jake, did you, you find out who to. owns Miramax yet? Yeah, Disney. Great. Bob. Uh, no, he's out. <laughs> don't, don't say Bob Iger. <laughs> what were you gonna say? No. What is that guy's name? <laughs> Definitely not. Bob that. Weinstein. Bob Weinstein. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. So I'm I'm really trying to figure out why I brought up this. It's tangent okay. about. Let's just move on. It's Harry all temp. Tubman. It's all temporal. You know what? My we brain's so broken. It's all impermanent. You know, if we learned anything from the Buddhism 101 course we took watching this film, it's that sometimes it's better to just let go. Oh, form, okay. Nothing is form is nothing, and nothing is form, Patrick. Yeah. And yeah. so what you've done is said nothing, but it is still form. <laughs> yeah. Look, it's, it's all it's all content, right, guys? For, yeah. No, no. Oh, uh, to to bring this back it's to all the content on the inside, uh, to a thing Matt was saying earlier about the different cuts of this movie. <laughs> right. Right. Um, right. The Australian cut was what we watched. Yeah. Yeah. um, I was mentioning that uh, it's that basically there's not a lot of information to find about this movie on the Internet. Like not not there's not a lot written about it, even though it was given a wide release and it has a 68 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Not a horrific score. Right. But like I was able to find some interviews that like Keanu did during production. Okay, Um, Yeah. But. According to IMDb, there are two cuts of this movie. There was the American cut for the American release, and there's an Australian cut. The American release is two hours and three minutes long. Yeah. The Australian cut is two hours and 21 minutes long. That's the version that we watched. Yeah. Because yeah. that's all we, but, I could find on the internet. But it's called the Australian cut, so it's not even the director's cut, as in, like, no, Berlucci. It, it just says like... that was released in Australia, but presumably... <laughs> Um, this was given some kind of like Blu-ray release at some point. It, right. it, it's out of print now. Yeah. Um, but maybe Probably for the best. But maybe that is the director's cut, and maybe like the Blu-ray was like mostly his cut. What did they take out? Sure. I wonder. Honestly, this movie could have been cut. No, like, no, that's the thing. I'd rather watch the American cut because yeah. one of my complaints about this movie is it's too long. It's too yeah, long. It, 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 it loses so much steam 
by like an hour and a half in. I remember like uh, I, I never finished, had Steam. That's right. It was uh, running this on a weak boring. trickle of Steam. Yeah, but, <laughs> but there's at least a story that seems to be going somewhere. And then the last half hour, I, I were like, Matt, when I was leaving the apartment earlier and you were still watching the movie, you're like, it keeps going. It just keeps going. <laughs> there's just uh, more story, I the, guess. No, no the, the story really just kind of just grinds to a halt in the last half hour. But yeah. we'll, we'll get to that for now. I just want to read the opening paragraph of the Wikipedia plot summary. Do it. I'm assuming Do it. The majority of our listeners have not seen Little Buddha. I will say a thing that I find very interesting is three friends of ours <laughs> we discovered recently yeah, un- this is uh, true. until this year, the only Keanu Reeves movie they had ever seen was Little Buddha? Yeah, know it's, the it's an anomaly. People. Jake's what, friend what Chris and and uh, and our know. friends uh, Chloe and Lily Holgate. Yeah, shout uh, out to my friend Chris. Hi guys, shout out to the Holgate Holgates, sisters, who listeners Hello. probably know from videos. Yeah, has Lily ever been in a video? I don't know. Yeah. Chloe's been in a lot. Yeah, but uh, they'll be on the podcast eventually. Yeah. The other thing, I I wanted to have the Holgates on uh, that episode because the only Keanu movie <laughs> they've ever seen. Is Little Buddha. This is a bizarre movie to have seen at all. Right. Oh, <laughs> let alone being the only Keanu Reeves movie you've seen. But, but now, <laughs> damn it. Now watching the movie, I have a theory behind why that happened. All right, people. let's go. Let's but, see what uh, that theory is. But no, but, uh, but, but, uh, and maybe some of our listeners are anomalies like these friends of ours, but I'm assuming most people have not seen it. Right. And, uh, and also, even if they wanted to watch it as preparation for this episode, had a tough time. You can't. So, you to, can. Uh, here's okay. <laughs> Tibetan, Tibetan Buddhist monks from a monastery in Bhutan, led by Lama Norbu, are searching for a child who is the rebirth of a great Buddhist leader, Lama Dorje. Dorje? Uh, uh, Lama Dorje. Dorje. Yeah. Lama Norbu and his fellow monks believe they have found a candidate for the child in whom Lama Dorje is reborn, an American boy named Jesse Conrad. JK. The, <laughs> the young son of an architect and a teacher who live in Seattle. The monks come to Seattle in order to meet the boy. That is the beginning of the movie. Ooh. Sirens in the distance. Yep. Crime is afoot. Death, death, death. Murder, murder, murder. Um, I'm also just looking up now uh, Little Buddha on Amazon. Um, right. Just, just to see, can you... Oh, 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 by the way, if anyone is interested, you can buy a DVD of Little Buddha on Amazon.com for $79.99. <laughs> it's so not worth it. Worth Please, every year. Who is selling the DVD of this film for $80, basically? Oh, That's so oh, yeah, rude. Fuck you. And, yeah, and, fuck that and guy. a Region 2 Blu-ray. Oh, so you can't even play it here. From Germany. Uh, is Germany available have, for $16.14. Reasonable. Oh, okay, that is reasonable. But still too much. Yeah, it's too much but for the also Germany? Yeah. yeah. So uh, it makes me wonder now if... Uh, uh, yeah, it, I'm assuming that Blu-ray... What if ha- it's Boychland and it's boys only? <laughs> oh, that sounds fun. <laughs> it's like a Little Rascals Boys Club. This film uh, is, yeah, one of those movies that is seemingly very intentionally... Buried and forgotten. I'm sure even Keanu Reeves, if we were to talk to him, would probably feel something akin to discomfort at the reminder of his role. For sure, because, you know, he seems like a thoughtful guy. I'm sure he's aware of that whole conversation of representation and stuff like that. Right, so to to clear the air, he's doing brownface 
basically. <laughs> okay, yeah, 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 like we've been tiptoeing. Like, let's lay it out. He there. Plays, He's playing an Indian. He man. plays yeah, Siddhartha, yeah. Uh, yeah. and he is browned up. Yeah, this. Yeah, this is truly the most baffling thing about this movie. Okay, so yeah. obviously, there's a lot more conversation now than I think there was in the early '90s about. Uh, yes, Keanu. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. About Ke- Keanu's um, uh, Asian lineage. Oh, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I, I don't think a lot of people knew in like '93 uh, that he is of like you know Hawaiian and Chinese descent. Right. I think he was like commonly viewed as just a white actor. a white guy. Yeah. And uh, and he appears in this movie only in these these sections uh, in which people are reading like a storybook, like a children's storybook about like the life of Siddhartha and uh, and the Buddha. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and Keanu plays Prince Siddhartha, and it is a wild choice to have these sections be entirely Indian actors, and then yeah. Keanu at the center of this. And um, yeah. and even even despite being of like mixed Asian descent, uh, he's not of Indian descent. No, he's not the and, right Asian. <laughs> yeah, 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 it comes across still as like a little odd. Um, it is. Uh, it also, it, it's interesting that that he is <laughs> um, a that this is one of several instances in his career in which he plays some kind of like uh, chosen one or like <laughs> you know messianic. Like all religious figure, Dude. like Bill and Ted is basically that he play, becomes the, he's the savior of humanity. Right. Obviously, there's the Matrix, mm-hmm, and yeah. so it, it's interesting that people. These are very different films. They're very different films, <laughs> but it is interesting that people like sort of look to Keanu, like like his the, his, his Zen qualities right. as an actor that are something does, pointed to a lot. Yeah. And is that coded for Asian? <laughs> is that I like mean, Zen philosophy give? is certainly from Eastern philosophy, so maybe a little bit. Right? Yeah, but uh, but but again, but he is a guy who often seems very still and at peace. Yeah, and uh, and and who also has like an interesting, very poised physical presence. Yeah, and so there are asp. Did he get extra thin for this? Yes, he did, and okay. I'll get into that. And I'm um, sure, I'm sure Bertolucci was. I mean, obviously, we're saying Keanu Reeves as accepted in like the American film market. People were just like, "Oh, he's a white guy." But I'm sure Bertolucci was at least aware enough to think that some of Keanu's Asian heritage would be able to help with this part I mean, on some level, right? I don't even know if Bertolucci knew about that. <laughs> Bertolucci shrunk all the time on set. But no, okay, <laughs> shit. here's what I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, Italian. Uh, Keanu is obviously miscast and it is sure. distracting that you have him who is not Indian playing this very important figure <laughs> in, the most important the figure most some might important say important figure <laughs> yeah. uh, in Buddhist philosophy exactly um it is uh, a poor choice and a mistake i think keanu's performance like despite the fact that he shouldn't be in this movie He's better um, than Dracula? Yeah. It's much better than Dracula. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah. I, I think he, he's actually, like, a lot of the things he's doing actually work. Right. Does, again, that that is uh, as, like, sort of, like, a, a side note to the fact that he shouldn't be in the movie. It's exactly. within a, exactly. He's in a broken situation. Yeah. But he is, I will agree with you, I was really just waiting for him to appear. I knew what was going on. Yeah. We all saw the photos of him before we watched the movie. <laughs> yeah, we knew it was going to be something and, and like he, this. The other thing, though, is like he looks... Um, I imagine there must have just been some casting choice about they wanted somebody... He. I think the the notion of like an otherworldly beauty was being attempted here with like the prince. Yeah. And yeah. like 
And Keanu you know, being the handsome man that he is um, was a person that could fit into that template for them, I suppose. But yeah, but like going back to what Pat was saying, I guess, yeah. is like his, uh, yeah, some of his choices aren't actually like terrible. He's like definitely committed to a very specific manner of speaking. <laughs> yeah. But his like physical presence and like, there is the part though where like the Zen bliss face makes him look like a dummy. Yeah, he, he looks, looks like a dumb simpleton. He looks smug, is what he looks like. He'll do this grin that's supposed to be the wise, all-knowing grin of pure enlightenment, and right. it just looks like a shit-eating smirk. <laughs> it where really it's like does. I know something you don't <laughs> <Yeah>. know, <laughs> and it's enlightenment. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've lifted the veil of May. Uh, yeah, now I see. I've achieved release from samsara. Sorry, <laughs> samsara not sorrow. <laughs> Sorry, not sorry. Should be like a Buddhist expression. That's great. There, there is that, but a a lot of the parts with him are mostly him observing. Yeah, exactly. And you know, like him learning about death. Yeah, and uh, and the and like the concept of suffering and and stuff like that. And so, and because you know, Keanu does have that sort of like uh, that sort of blankness to him. Yeah, in, in in some ways, and I think. You know, he's he's effective, especially when he's just sort of, like, standing calmly and observing things. And he does have, like... And physically, you know, he's always been a good physical performer. And he does have this 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 poise and these very precise movements. Yeah. I think is effective. Again, he shouldn't be in the movie. Right. Um, but it's, like... Consider- it is a podcast about him, though, so we do kind of have to take the stance of defending him, it, I think, a lot of the time. It is. But, but, or, just, like, or at least, least just it, giving him some context. It's that weird thing, because the- it's also 1993. Yeah. It was, uh, you know... People, uh, like, there were not a, a whole lot of, like, campaigns against whitewashing in films. I would um, say that there were no <laughs> campaigns. Right. If I had it, to... it was a less woke time. Yeah. Uh, and, no audible ones, you know. It, uh, exactly. well, there was, yeah, there was yeah. no internet also. Yeah. But uh, but that kind of, like, these kinds of things, like, like uh, we hear a lot about them now. Like, for instance, there's a... Uh, you know that that T-shirt that says uh, it's like Emma and Scarlett and Tilda and Matt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know that was a T-shirt, not but me. I obviously know what and you're referring to. The last to. one's not me. <laughs> no, it's not me. But okay. you know, it's it, like the list of like um, uh, actors who have played Asian characters. So let's go through them real quick, though. Emma from Aloha. From right? Aloha. Uh, Scarlett Johansson from Ghost in the Shell. Yep. Matt Damon. Damon from the one with the monsters okay, okay. fighting the Great Wall. I, I'm going to bring that up in a sec because because that's actually. A mistake on the shirts part. What was the other one? Uh, Tilda Swinton from Doctor Strange. Yeah, to varying degrees. I, I mean, like, yeah, I see. Matt what you Damon right. plays a white guy who it's like the last Sam, or it's like the Tom no, Cruise no, movie kind of. So, so here's the thing about the Great Wall. Um, <laughs> I mean, they're fighting lizards. Come right. on, right. And, and, <laughs> let's not take this too seriously, guys. The, the thing with when the Great Wall came, when yeah. the trailer for that movie came out, right, and uh, everyone shit on it because. It was like, oh, great. It's a movie called The Great Wall about China, and it's another white savior narrative where Matt Damon shows up to save the Chinese people. Yeah. And then the movie actually came out, and it turns out what the movie is actually about is it's almost like a Chinese propaganda film because it's a Chinese production. Uh, Zhang Yimou directed it. Right. And the thing is, Matt Damon shows up to help these people, and then mostly is just converted to like their awesome way of life, and the Chinese people kind of do everything. And Matt Damon is just there to be like the Western outsider who learns how cool just, and great uh, China actually is. Yeah. And so I just, wow. just Matt Damon just like, damn, Whoa. sick. 
Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> wow. So, shit, I that's mean, awesome. Sweet not, blades. Not to mount a huge defense yeah. for the Great Wall, which I haven't, I also haven't even I've seen. I've never seen it. But Willem Dafoe is also in that. He is. Which is great because he's like a perfect, he's the missing link between Matt Damon and the lizard people, I think. <laughs> <laughs> he is. I mean, yeah. he's the Green Goblin. Yeah, if yeah. you did an Animorphs with him, it <laughs> he would, would, be, would like, be, the second, be the middle stage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> between a human and a lizard. I think Willem Dafoe would fit nicely on a oh, yeah. K.A. Applegate book cover. <laughs> Cat Applegate. <laughs> but I do feel a little bit bad because Cat that was Apple. actually not a case of whitewashing, right, and right. he kind of gets lumped in yeah, with the fuck rest. Matt David. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. It's like nobody wants to see that movie because the trailer looked bad. So you, everybody's judgments were just based on the trailer, right? It's like, but the thing is, like, oh, what I'm saying is, yeah. consider it you, seriously. You never see. Uh, Keanu even brought up in this discussion. Nobody knows about this. This movie, this movie is from from <laughs> like no one knows about is it. is from much earlier. Right. But I feel like this is, um, and again, ev- like uh, we are not the people qualified most qualified to talk about this. You it's get like, it. What are you like, gonna do though? This yeah, is our show. Baby. It's our right. show. He was in it. We're uh, like Keanu we're like, is actually partly of Chinese descent. Yeah, but like that doesn't mean he can play it, like an Indian character. No. Yeah. So it does not. So, but he, so anyways, it, he's it, the it just, Buddha. It, like if this happened now, yeah. people would lose their goddamn minds. Yeah. Keanu also wouldn't do it now. I don't he wouldn't. think. Yeah. Well, it was yeah. interesting. I found uh, this interview on YouTube yeah. where he seems to be during production of Little Buddha. Mm-hmm. And he's asked about uh, like reactions to his casting. And of course, by then the movie hadn't really come out. And there was not the kind of like you know, internet, social media, news cycle with with movie news. So yeah. I think a lot of people didn't even know. A lot of people, I imagine, did not know Keanu was in Little Buddha until, like, a trailer came out for it. Right, right, right. But, hey, listen, you know what I have to say? Ignorance is bliss. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. True. Uh, thank you, Cypher. But Thanks, Cypher. I'm not Cypher, no. <laughs> By the way, okay, here's a pop I'm quiz. I'm Tank, I think, uh, based we, on my body. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no holes. Okay. No holes. No. Yeah. Okay. I. So, do you guys remember um, Cipher's real name? No. Uh, we haven't. Obviously, we've not Joey recorded our Joey Pantaleone. Yes. Or yet. Uh, <laughs> but they actually, in one scene, they actually say his 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 name. That's not Cipher. His like real his oh. like real world name. Or what sorry, his it? Matrix name. Yeah, the Matrix. Cipher's name. my does anyone, slave does there, name. Does anyone remember <laughs> what what it is? Uh, no. Actually, you, you never learn his first name. Oh. Just his last name. Yes. What is it? Mr. Reagan. His last uh, name is Reagan. Ronald oh. Reagan. Must be. It must it's must a, be a reference. It's, just, it's an economic. There's one line where Agent Smith says, you know, Mr. Reagan. And the way that he oh, says, yeah. you know, Mr. Anderson and all those things. Huh. Anyway. I wonder if the Wachowskis had any larger symbolism that was attached to them calling him Reagan. Probably know? not. Probably, Probably not. I don't Honestly, know. maybe. They might have been high. Who knows? And, uh, oh, those Wachowskis. Those yeah. wacky Wachowskis. I can't <laughs> wait to talk about those movies. What will yeah. they do next? You know? <laughs> well, make know. another they Matrix got- movie. <laughs> yeah, make a new Matrix movie. I guess and we do know. a show on Amazon or something? Showtime. Showtime. Sense8? Yeah. No, no Sense8's done. That, that was them together. Now they're... They've like they're working on their split own split apart. Yeah. They're each working on a different thing. Okay. Uh, Lily's working on a Showtime series that's a comedy, apparently, and uh, Lana is directing Matrix Four. I hope Did you guys get the Matrix reference out of this movie? Oh yes. Did you notice this? Yes. There's an architect. The architect scene in this movie. 
He says, He's fi- I don't, you don't fool, nice to finally meet you, architect, but your, like, edifice doesn't fool me. And he's like, this cycle of rebirth will continue. Yeah. It's the fucking architect I scene in The Matrix, and I saw it. That didn't occur it's to when me. It should have occurred to you. I can't believe you missed it. It was uncanny. It was, like, literally the dialogue paraphrased. And like, he's talking to himself. It. Yeah. You know? From the, arc and put it in the architect scene in The Matrix, uh, reloaded. <laughs> <laughs> For the albino twins. <laughs> yeah. Dude, those, um, uh, let's see if this is on the little Buddha quotes, uh, because the scene is uncanny in the way that it echoes this scene across time. Oh my God. Across the river of time. Would you also say that this movie is also in its own way, like the Great Wall, uh, you know, although made by Bertolucci and a sort of like a bit of a propagandistic, in the in the like not super pejorative sense of the word, like attempt to like make people familiar with Buddhism. Was Bertolucci himself a Buddhist at any point or like, (laughs) (laughs) we can't watch this. (laughs) You can't just abruptly show a screenshot of the movie and derail the questions about the movie. Do you Sorry. know? I just wanted to test the we power the power of this one <laughs> screenshot, which it'll be on all our social media. Dude, it's like, so funny. It's it's a split diopter shot between Keanu giving a dumb smile uh, in extreme close up, while like over his shoulder, a bunch of modern day kids, one with a backwards baseball cap, are just sitting on a tree and staring at it. It looks like a like Keanu looks like he has brain damage. Like he looks so. It looks like up. Jack Nicholson at the end of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's <laughs> Nest. Or, like uh, got, or anger management. <laughs> he yeah. just looks like... Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, sorry, Matt, finish what you were saying. <laughs> oh, We'll my, put the grin online so folks can see. Yeah, you folks, uh, you'll, you'll be able to see the image. It's pretty funny. You and you'll be laughing. Uh, is, was, or at the time, was Bertolucci practicing Buddhism? This I, seems a little bit like it's really trying to like... Yeah. Like it's because li- it's literally just popularizing a all like for anyone who like you know live where Buddhism is practiced more. Yeah. It's such such a common story. It's like knowing the Jesus story, obviously. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. Was he trying to like get Western audiences like to be more familiar in this very ham-fisted epic kind of intercutting between present day and you know? It's, it's like, the only th- reason I can think of for the movie's existence like this it's, that's kid, all the movie's doing is giving you this the li- the buddha tale yeah and this little kid like in the i don't like this movie no it's not a good movie can i tell you what this movie it's felt a weird like to me? movie yeah jake laid on us you know how like um so this little boy I've, just to give like a little preface to my point the little boy they think is this reincarnated uh teacher of theirs so they go over to seattle and the Buddhists have a facility in Seattle called the Dharma Club. Dharma they, Center. The Dharma Center. Dharma and Greg. The Dharma Initiative. <laughs> yeah, the, the Dharma, Dharma Initiative. Okay, yes. <laughs> uh, we all did our bit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. American Dharma, the Steve Bannon movie. Um, I don't know. Uh, the Dharma Book. We're just saying things. Um, so they take to get the Dharma Center. And I was like... By the way, I, I, I found it. Uh, Bertolucci is not a Buddhist. Okay. Interesting. Be, more confusing I, now. That makes it more confusing, yeah. Um, but so the Dharma Center is this little learning facility it seems like they have for people that are interested in learning more about Buddhism and they provide books and texts and it reminded me of like the Buddhist version of going to CCD like the Catholic school program that you would go to they have little pamphlets that give you like cute shortened versions of all the parables and things like that this movie at dawn on me it reminded me of the exact type of movie you would watch as a CCD student just learning about the basic stories of the Bible I don't I never did 
CCD. So I don't know anything about this. So me and Matt both went to CCD. We're going to heaven, too. Yeah. So that's <laughs> and good. And we're guaranteed access yeah. to through the pearly gates, and it's going to be good. VIP, baby. <laughs> um, and this movie reminded me, like, if for some reason a internationally renowned director like Bertolucci got a way bigger budget than it deserved and made like a Sunday morning CCD school videotape that you would right. watch for Buddhism. Because he was, yeah. be, but because he was like a new high profile convert the way like yeah. also Scientology kind of sometimes does where the, it's like. The interesting thing about Bertolucci who I'm not that familiar with is that he did a movie remarkably similar in a lot of like outward ways to this which is The Last Emperor. Where, where he won a Best Picture Academy Award. Where he won the Best Picture and that movie is I haven't seen it in a long time, but I remember it being genuinely really good, whereas this movie's not. And yeah. the concept is similar in that you have like a little boy right. who finds out that they are essentially deified by like an entire culture. nation and yeah. culture and have to like learn to grapple with it. But where The Last Emperor is sort of where a boy learns to grapple it and then obviously where it gets its title, he ends up being the last within that earlier system of governance where he gets then thrown out of power. So it's about learning a, to feel as if you are a God and then to be completely torn from that. It's a and beautiful movie. It's, it's a awesome. great movie. Yeah. And, and he has to come to terms with it. Whereas this movie is just like this, like cute little like bull cut white kid. It's like, wow, gee whiz. Yeah, he just finds out he's like a resurrected tutor in this Tibetan school. And then, and then just learns how cool Buddha is. And then the movie ends. Okay. Can I, <laughs> And the guy dies. Can I? Yeah, the guy dies. Can I get into my yeah. take on this movie? Sure. Yeah. What is it? So this movie begins <laughs> with the Buddhist monks. Yeah. And uh, where they they are there in Bhutan, and uh, and then one of them is like, "Yo, I think, I think we might have finally found our reincarnated teacher." Yo, Yo I found dude. A- <laughs> I found a reincarnated Buddha. Bro, we gotta get our asses over to Seattle <laughs> now because we found. We found the we we found the what is it Lama Dorja Lama Dorja Long Cube. Island the Long Island guy's back Yo. Cube rusted root send me on my way I sound a little bit like Michael Rappaport Oh my god Honestly should have put that song in there Yeah like like less less Ryuichi Sakamoto score more rusted root Did Sakamoto less Ryuichi more rusted You know what I'm saying. More That's like, so stupid. Wait, what if they collaborated in Rusted Ryoichi? <laughs> Rusted no. Ichi Sakaruto. <laughs> that's, that's their collaborative album. Fuck, I don't know why that got me so good. So silly. I could not think of two more <laughs> opposite <laughs> sensibilities. Uh, fuck. Um, so... They go the, to the movie. The movie begins yeah. with the monks, yeah, and uh, and then they head over to Seattle, and it follows <laughs> their perspective, yeah. Um, and and it gets a little bit funny there because it's like a, a there's a little bit of fish out of water stuff where they're right. like in a car looking going to Seattle, and they're like, you know, looking at the, at the the skyscrapers out the window and stuff yeah. like that, and uh, as, as as like you know. Some of them are dressed in still their their monk robes, and uh, but one guy just has like a parka on, and, yep. uh, because they again some of these monks they've just been there at the Dharma Center, like like working there, and and th- then of course they 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 meet the family, and really this movie it has like four perspectives. It has the monks, it has Jesse the kid, yep. it has his parents. Yep. Played by Bridget Fonda and Chris Isaac. Yeah, I know. And I will say, every single time Chris Isaac showed up in this movie, I got Baby Did a Bad Bad Thing stuck in my head. Yeah. And uh, and then wished I was watching Eyes Wide Shut instead. <laughs> Wicked um, Game, I think, was Wicked what me and Matt had. And 
I shouldn't be in this with Move you. You <laughs> but, sucked is what I'm getting at. Yeah, Chris Isaac was Chris the Isaac. worst. Fucking never again. I know. I, I think it's... It's that character is just a nothing. Yeah, and then he also brought his shitty ability, non-ability to add. No, yeah. he, he's like, put him in like a David Lynch thing. Don't put him in this movie. But I, but then the the fourth perspective <laughs> is because the the monks give Jesse this book yeah. about the, like the life of the Buddha. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, is it the Buddha or Buddha? The Buddha. The, the Buddha. Okay. Uh, I just, I, I'm I, Buddha, Apollo, Buddha Guatama. Gautama? Gautama. Uh, apologies to our listeners uh, yeah, if I screw just... up pronunciations or terminology because no, I'm, Sid- I'm, 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 I'm trying to get things as correct as I, I think, can. Yeah. Siddhartha Gautama is the prince and then the, he transforms once the he's Buddha, enlightened. A Buddha is like a celestial or like figure, you know what That's I mean? That's true. There's or more like than a, one a, Buddha. You can be... You can, there's, yeah. There's and then Buddhas. there's also the Bodhisattva, which is someone who's achieved becoming the Buddha. But because then, he surfs so well. <laughs> yeah. But exactly. Then, but then denies living in nirvana to come back to earth and like enlighten people which i think yeah. is what he kind of became a, a both or something at some point somehow yeah has, has there been like a book or an essay written uh on just like the recurring buddhist elements of keanu's filmography uh, because I, no but there should be i, I mean, mean he seems like a guy who personally has taken that philosophy a little to heart i don't know how I mean, much he also lives in la you know yeah, it's, it's kind of inevitable yeah. but just like you know things like i mean like point break is like a pretty small one yeah but you've got bodhi there mm-hmm. uh the philosophy of bill and ted is be excellent to each other yeah uh, you know you obviously you've got little buddha yeah you've got uh the matrix with the you know i ideas of like you know cyclical recurrence cy- of life and, isn't yep. all is it aren't most and religious, unreality religious doctrines like nominal or like superficially always be excellent to one another <laughs> yeah they, i mean the golden they, rule is they be just excellent kinda, to one another from the yeah, christian although, bible look i'm not saying i'm the one to like write this essay i'm just saying yeah. someone should if they haven't already but uh, well uh the last thing i wanted to get at was so the fourth perspective in this movie is when jesse reads this book or like his parents read this book to him mm-hmm about the life of the Buddha. And then we have these extended flashback scenes shot on 70 millimeter. Yeah. Uh, featuring Keanu as Prince Siddhartha. And, uh, and so, and the movie, it, it kind of is split between all of these. And I think for me, the core problem is it, I, uh, on paper, uh, I feel like I, I always say this on paper, this could work. Yeah. But I think there could, the better version of this movie would have stuck with one perspective uh, more consistently. Personally, I think it should have been the kid. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I think I guess I, I guess I agree with that. Because I don't know how it's I feel. hard to say because it begin um the way it begins with uh with the monks it seems like it's aiming to be this uh this like drama exploring like modern day Buddhism and yeah. like the the pet, Tibetan monks that practice it mm-hmm. um but then we get but what this movie really is like half of which I find so interesting about it is it is. A '90s Hollywood family film. That's what's wild. That you, is the yeah. most because wild aspect. Of I was it, yeah. thinking of all these movies that, like, the the '90s specifically, were this odd era where there was this boom of like PG family movies that were like, uh, they were you know they would star a kid 
usually, but they would be the kind of thing where it wasn't like a wacky kids comedy. There, there would be, th- you know, I'm thinking of like Searching for Bobby Fisher or, <laughs> right, uh, or right. The Amazing Panda Adventure. Uh, <laughs> I forgot I, about these movies. Yeah, oh, I, I've been doing a little bit of research. Yeah. And honestly, maybe the best of them, and that has sim- uh, similarities to this movie, is uh, Alfonso Cuaron's A Little Princess. Right. Which, which involves aspect is like set in the U.S., um, but involves aspects of uh, of Indian culture, right? Because and, those are the books that the little girls are reading, right? From and the so it has these, the, the, yeah. uh, kind of like this movie. It has these uh, these sequences set in like a uh, like a, an ancient like kind of fantastical India, right? And that's and just that alone, I suppose, could make a director interested in the story because at least you get to play with like contrasting images, which right. could make for like an interesting blend that you don't normally well, which, get to see. I mean, the, the the movie visually is pretty striking. It I mean, it's. I'm going to go on a, a long thing about Vittorio Storaro. We can talk about Storaro specifically uh, yeah. <laughs> soon, but like, at least when it comes to, it's basically a hot and cold movie. Like, you go to the, you go into the story, the Reading Rainbow style immersion into the story yeah, of, of the Buddha, of the Buddha, like learning about pain and suffering, and it's all like very like saturated reds, uh, oranges, reds and oranges warm and things colors. like that. It's and not then, just that because even in the modern day sequences, it's like everything. It looks like night for day constantly. Yeah, okay. Everything Eastern, every scene... Yeah. Uh, uh, set in Bhutan. Yeah. Um, as well as the the flashback story scenes about Prince Siddhartha, they're all, like, really warm, rich, like, golden colors. Yeah. Every scene in Seattle is... I mean, it, it's it's like... Like it's basically like traffic. It's like it, it's yeah. just like a, a blue filter put over the lens. It reminds me of almost like Crash, like uh, the Cronenberg one. The Cronenberg, it, oh. yeah, it's, it, <laughs> it's so cold. It's like monochromatic, yeah. all blue. And there are and felt honestly, like anti-tourism for Seattle. I was like, wow. I guess everybody here has chronic depression. It and, did. Uh, <laughs> it's like I mean, to me, this and loses their jobs. This, like again, Vittorio Storaro is one of the greatest cinematographers to ever live. Uh, he's a genius. Don't boost his ego anymore. Than it's already been. Oh, boosted. his his ego is enormous. <laughs> he's probably listening to this now. Oh, like, oh no, I'm t- trust one me. more for Victoria. In, in a bit, <laughs> whatever. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna talk I'm gonna talk about his um his series of books about cinematography. Yeah, because oh, I think it's hilarious. Yeah, but and and Berlucci is a great visual stylist. To me, great this director. felt like the most like. Obvious, like like least subtle visual thing to do of yeah. like wow, uh, you know every everyone who like uh, you know everything involving the, uh, the Buddhists and their way of life is really wonderful and sunny and nice. Yeah. And man, these Westerners, they're just living in like a chilly hell. Yeah, yeah of materialism and, and cold wealth. And technology. Every yeah. so often, there would there would be like a nice little like like like. Uh, a bit, a slightly more subtle uh, way of doing this, where you, you'll like. There's this one scene where uh, Jesse, he's in Seattle, and he's uh, talking with one of the monks who's telling him the story. And there's a window right next to them where yeah. this like golden warm light is coming in and hitting them. Mm-hmm. But then when Chris Isaac, his dad, enters, he's still in the like cold <laughs> blue Chris shadow. Isaac, yeah. And so you have the, the these two visual elements of the movie. Like uh, together in the same shot, right? And when it would, like the rare times that it would do that, I was like, "That's kind of clever." But in general, it was like it was so extreme and so obvious. Yeah. Where I, I was like, like, okay, I, 
I, Bernardo, I get it. Right, uh, like, Bernardo, like, my bro. Like, cool. Like, uh, yes, their their way of life is better, and uh, and the world is sunnier. Well, that's why it's so confusing that you just said that Bernardo was not, at least in some level, interested in Buddhism, because this is what I it think felt like. It felt like a guy that got obsessed with it and was like, "I'm going to be the director to create this film that'll bridge the gap between like these Disneyfied Western audiences and like show them the way of Eastern right. thought and philosophy." Because I did right. the dreamers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, I mean, <laughs> Do the dreamers. Yeah, I'll do the oh, dreamers in a decade. That's a 2003 movie, yeah. I think. Uh, but, whoopsies. But the, the, the thing about like the aspects of this is <laughs> all impermanent. Of like a 90s family movie, because again, a lot of these family films, they would be about a kid like like the Amazing Panda Adventure. It's like an American kid goes like uh you know to China, this yeah. new place, and has an, event, has an adventure Jeepers. with pandas. Yeah. But like that Holy kind of thing, moly. they're usually about like an average American kid with like their bowl cut and their jean jacket. <laughs> <laughs> you know? True. Like their little Jonathan Taylor Thomas, like straight out of the man of the house. And their yep. brand new adult teeth that are too big for their heads. Exactly. And then they'll, and then they'll, but it's usually like they'll, they'll go to um, some other country yeah, uh, and encounter like this this amazing other culture, or they encounter an amazing animal like Free Willy, <laughs> or like the amazing panda adventure. Both. Yeah, yeah. But they're usually and those pandas do look kind of like killer whales. Yeah, so it's a good connection. So it is kind of a good same color scheme. But this is like nicer. on paper, this is the same kind of thing. A regular American kid, yeah, uh, suddenly has these monks show up and are like, "Hey, we think you're our reincarnated teacher." Uh, and then this kid and his family then go to Bhutan. Well, and exper- let's be fair. His the kid and his dad. It, uh, I want to talk about should, the parents. It <laughs> should okay. The mom is so much more interesting than the dad. Yeah, and uh, still not like super interesting, but more interesting. Neither than of them are interesting. No, I, well, let's let's. I want to just say across the board, the acting is terrible. hundred percent of the movie. There's no good actors in this film. I don't think anybody is even remarkable. I think Keanu, because of how wild he's being, the best acting is fine. You know what I mean? I mean, I I think. But but that aside, the family is the most egregious acting in the whole film. The the, the the Seattle family. I really like Bridget Fonda as an actor. She's like she She sucks in this movie. (laughs) She's great in other stuff. I'm sure. I'm sure. To me, I didn't think she sucked. It's just that like. She has nothing there to do because these characters are awfully written. Oh well, sure, and and that that is because a good point. A, Actors everything can be given that, a shit everything script, that right? she in particular yeah. does, it it makes zero sense. <laughs> that's why a, that's a the monk thing. shows up and is like, "Why we think your son is our reincarnated teacher?" And she's like, yeah. "Cool, come on into my house. Like, <laughs> uh, like like her husband. Uh, meet these monks yeah. who we're just letting hang out with our kid all the time, all the time. immediately on no and, pretext. And which except. the the husband who's slightly more skeptical earlier in the film then also just lets the boy hang out with them unsupervised is what was well, starting to drive me crazy was the the lack of parental oversight and like like the uh the way that they were like so lackadaisical about letting this child run off without them really having any clear idea of where he was going and it gets worse as the movie goes on like well, when the dad travels to Bhutan with Jesse he's like we're in this bustling marketplace and he's like I'm just going to like take a hike and walk up this temple and he's like Jesse you good and Jesse's well, no, like he takes yeah. the, the fucking monks are like He's that he is safe here. Don't worry. Like there's yeah. no. Oh, it's I'll like, take oh, your you, word for you it. You just yeah. met these motherfuckers. That's your child. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it's really strange. And uh, and again, this is why it's I, terrible parenting. It's like they're just passive, sort of like yeah, like things are just happening to them. And they're like oh, and they're like caught up in their own 
like off-screen misery. Oh, where okay, the, this this is a thing that I want to talk about because yeah. there is this insane aspect of the movie where I actually yeah. like, I had to like go back and rewatch scene because I was like, did I miss something? <laughs> yeah. Um, where so Chris Isaac, the dad, is an architect. Yeah. I. Uh, he doesn't have a lot to do. It's one of those jobs you just write in a script until you think of something better, and he just never did. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, architect is such a common. It allows know. for a certain, like, wealth to be had it's, without it seeming strange, but um, that you're not working that In much. Hollywood yeah. movies, if people work in cities, they are almost always either an architect or a graphic designer. Yeah. And this is my, my whole theory about this is because uh, the screenwriters, they need someone to like work in an office and have like a regular structured job. Right. But they can't fathom any kind of job that is not like in a somewhat like creative field where yeah. you're like designing stuff or making stuff because like, you know, they work in film. And so it's like, well, I guess an architect or a graphic designer is like <laughs> the close is like, I can kind of understand that. But like, yeah, uh, or, or, or marketing. Yeah, it's always the same kind of thing because then they can like make commercials and like yeah. uh, like ad campaigns and but stuff like that. It can still be a little bit about like, those are the only jobs anyone has. <laughs> yeah. But so th there's a thing where like apparently like his project is like not is like slowing down. He's like worried about money. Right. And there's this part where he's in the car with his son and he gets a call in his cool '90s car phone. Hell yeah! And apparently holding that right by the way, the numbers were out. I think that's oh, that's th weird. That's the way it is. So that. Yeah, he, he is minor right. quibble. <laughs> sure, no, yeah, he, he's holding it correctly. It's okay. just like it's just a weird old '90s car phone. Yeah, but like his friend, like Evan, Evan, <laughs> like committed suicide. Yeah, yeah so there's, there's a scene earlier in the film where he talks about how there's some sort of business deal or um, shared investment that the two of them have. I, for, I forget the exact and details. And Evan lied about and his Evan finances. And Evan is lying about the finances or he's in some sort of hot water that's then going to also severely impact the finances of that family. So basically the family is based on this strange relationship he has with this business partner friend who you never see Evan, and then who see. just sort of like it's just alluded to killed himself. Yeah, basically. That, that whatever this deal is that, and or business venture that the two have in common is what's ultimately going to cause the family to lose their vast but glacial wealth that they have living on top of this hill in Seattle. And and, uh, and, and, never he, and gonna... he seems to have this like yeah he, uh, he like pulls the car over to the side of the road he he gets out he yeah. kind of like like walks along a bridge and then apparently well, he leaves his kid in the car on a freeway. He I can't even but, talk but, about the parents <laughs> in this fucking movie. But he apparently has some kind of like. Like crisis off screen, right? And then it's decided that he, you know what? Um, uh, they will let Jesse go go to Bhutan, and he will accompany him. <laughs> I'm and the man. Become yeah. the big man. I because go to of stuff that happens like off screen. Yeah. Like these characters are nothings, and this is why I think the better version of this movie is the more conventional, like '90s family film. I'm being taken onto your side now. Where, where I, I is see. like it's about yeah. this family, and you see more of the family at the beginning, and also like. Let's not have like stuff. Let's let's not even bring in uh, the dad's like finances. Also, this movie is rated PG, yeah. and I think the reason some of our friends only saw this Keanu movie was because in the '90s, this probably got was like put in the family section of the video store alongside mm. A Little Princess and The Amazing Panda Adventure, yeah. and they ended up renting it. Yeah, I and uh, Little again, Buddha. It sounds cute. Yeah, yeah. and it's a PG movie about. A little kid with a bowl cut going to a foreign country. <laughs> that that is what 
it's about. Yeah. And so, but because they spend so much time with the monks at the beginning, yeah. it takes a while for us to meet the kid and the family. And then um, stuff that, uh, and then because they have to get to certain points, the parents make these insane decisions. Yeah. Um, and Or they have like, these like epiphanies or make decisions that happen like off screen. Like, yeah. you know what? I'm, I am going to like go to this East Asian country with my son and let him go to this monastery and meet all these monks and find out it. Like they should have gotten to Bhutan. Uh, like I, w- I would say by like 50 minutes into the movie yeah. and a lot more of it should have been about like meeting the other to reference the matrix potentials yeah can i Uh, shit on chris isaac again do it yeah he sucks so like lay it on something that i was laughing at was in that scene where right he has this epiphany his friend kills himself which leads him to have some sort of like fucking uh you know shallow realization about the 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 temporary nature of life and how you need to like go seek you know the truth sucks his (laughs) eyes are so (laughs) wedded with water, oh, yeah. When he gets and back I in was the car, laughing, I, so that made me laugh. Like he pulls over the car, and like the the shot is like him pulling up in front of the camera, basically. And he's because he just learned about his friend dying, and because Chris Isaac can't act, so they just clearly like just sprayed water onto his face. Bertolucci's <laughs> <laughs> like, like, somebody get a spritzer bottle yeah, over man. here, please. But this is a moment where like this is where, yeah. There, there's there's not a lot. There's no substance. Both parents are completely just flaccid nothings. Uh, yeah. But Chris Isaac could have sold this better. This is a moment to be emotional. And if and there's any vibe Chris Isaac seems to carry about, it's certainly a moodiness and like a... And a Chris mm- Isaac seems catatonic. Yeah. He, Their yeah. relationship seems so awful. They see, They're just so asleep at the wheel. And I guess like maybe that was like some kind of like vague direction Bertolucci could have given well I mean everything like, in America is just that, like, yeah. like like monochromatic and bleak yeah. but then when they like you know just when they're having their fun little backpack adventure in Bhutan he doesn't get better he just kind of like he sort of he, smirks he, he kind of smirks and creeps around and just watches a bunch of shit and is still very passive and is just like I'm so glad my son is in a funny little robe with a hat now yeah and he's not sold on the philosophy either for somebody that's supposed to be having like a spiritual sea change in their heart after finding and Bridget out the Fonda Fonda just forgotten himself. oh yeah Bridget Fonda would, they just leave at home she was one that showed any kind of like yeah. initial interest in the concept of like uh, theologically you know based belief not you know, new atheism. Yeah, an, an another guys, movie I, I, fix. Make it a single mom. Yes, I was about to say and that. Bridget yeah. Fonda is the one that goes there because she's better actress, better better actor than uh, than Chris Isaac. I'm already for slow, slightly forgetting his name. Um, that's how lame he is. And uh, and then yeah, just have them go together because it makes more sense anyway. She's the one that who, who's introduced to the monks in the first place. There's right. already a rapport built up a few scenes earlier. Yeah, it's like why take the character that is so. Despicable, right. and also because again, he needs be- to learn because it's propaganda. But but she could learn too. If you no, want, no, it, it could still be propaganda and just, just have it be her instead. Have, have her. Okay, look. Yeah. Here, here's here's my fix for the movie again because yeah. this is a PG family film. Um, yeah. Don't have don't uh, be boring. Don't, don't have the the uh, the like in uh, the deciding factor for them like going to Bhutan be the suicide of the dad's <laughs> yeah. business partner. Um, have it have it just be something as simple as like um, family uh, style. 
<laughs> it, so it, it, it's just make it as something as simple as she's a single mom and she just is like has been like maybe the, uh jesse has been like struggling like with school or just like having a tough time with with like aspects of his life and she's just like is has been really trying to figure out like what's best for him yeah and he really seems to like have some sort of like Connection to uh, this. Connection to like to these to these monks and seem more engaged in this than than another aspect aspect of his life. And and she's like, you know what? I've tried so much. Maybe we'll just go on this trip. Maybe yeah. it might like even though I don't believe in this, maybe it might be good for us. Oh hey, here. Maybe also she's a single mother, but it's because his father died, and he's like a little bit obsessed with death. And that way we can ah, and we can add yeah. in the whole like you know impermanence reincarnation you know yeah, chain, of, like, chain of being kind actually, of thing actually your dad might be the squirrel you your saw dad in the is park when the you were playing basketball that yeah. i'm holding yeah your dad like is that. that ant you just stepped on you just stepped, but don't worry because he's gonna come back now as like maybe, maybe an owl or something yeah, or an apple <laughs> who and knows you can eat <laughs> <laughs> it's all one baby <laughs> <laughs> I, I spilled the tea. It goes in other cups. Yeah, you know. Yeah, but the yeah. human body is the cup. But the soul because is it's the so tea. weird. Because mm -hmm. when they're in uh, Bhutan later on, um, I Jesse the kid he he meets the two other um, kids who are also potential uh, reincarnated right. versions there, of uh, of, of Lama Dorja, and. Um, and again, he doesn't meet the first one. I'm looking at this now uh, for an an hour and twenty minutes into this movie. Yeah, yeah it's a horribly paced film. Well, they yeah, don't reveal that there's potential other candidates until a little later. And then I he thought it was this, a trick. And then he first. meets the second one like ten minutes later. And these three kids again, fitting like just like the uh, the general formula for like you know a '90s family movie. These three kids should be like like. This tree, like this tight knit trio that right. should meet much earlier on in the movie. Yeah, and uh, and, and they bond should on their strange, surreal having adventure. been chosen for a candidacy of being like a split reincarnation of Lama right Dorja. because the kids it, like yeah. I enjoy the moment when uh, when Jesse gives one his Game Boy. Yeah, and um, but then there's like these odd scenes where and then that kid's brother takes the Game Boy and runs away. Yeah, and it seems like ooh, this could be like a little like adventurous scene where he's like now suddenly he gets separated from his dad maybe his dad had been there with him and wasn't being like a total yeah, dead dad could have been a good and, parent and so they, they like you know have this chase through this uh through the city and eventually and instead what just happens is uh the brother the other like potential kid just gets it back and is like oop my my, my brother's like a an annoying kid yeah. i got well, it back it's over the like like i was thinking because another thing that they hint at but don't follow through on every time is because the movie's not subtle, like you were saying, even just with this color scheme, like there's there's what seemed to be just going what was going to just be direct parallels between the story of the Buddha and like the kind of and kind of like corollary experiences that this kid's having, where like he he's lived in like this wealthy house on a hill and like his parents are very protective and this new you know source of information comes and like threatens him so that scene with the game boy i thought was fine was going to be him like seeing people suffering i literally thought it was going to be like the like moment the buddha has right he, where runs he sees the like village the elderly he goes to like a third world country yeah. and uh, yeah cuz they had the same people like stirring or whatever they're like they're doing like image quotation from before they're doing like callbacks to that exact moment yeah, there was one guy that was like 
His feet were like attached to two ropes, and he was just swinging. <laughs> I was so unclear what. Oh like, yeah, just it was like, like a game. He was just, he was just swinging up and down. He like had fire in, too. Yeah, what it was, was cool. going on with that? I don't know. It was cool, How do you though. do that and not pass out with a G force? I also like the aesthetics that uh, Keanu Buddha hangs out with. One of them's got has a uh, his hands are all clenched up because he's just been raising them, which is something you're supposed to do. And the fingernails grew through his hands out the other side. Oh, of I've his seen hands. I've seen that's, pictures of that in real life. Yeah, that's crazy. Do you remember when we used to get like the Guinness Book of World Records? Oh, yeah. I, open I know where you're going. And there was the fucking guy who was longest fingernails longest in the world. Fingernails, and, yeah. and they showed you a picture, and yeah, he kept his hands clasped so for so long that his fingers, the skin of his fingers, fused yeah. into the skin of his own palm. <sighs> and, and they would run down and. Do you remember that Wild Boys episode where... <laughs> yes, I remember what you're talking about Chris already. Chris Pontius and yeah. Steve-O or whatever. They, they, they pour a little water down the length of the fingernail, right? They pour beer on his hand beer. And, it, and it like runs down his long-ass fingernails and Steve-O's obviously just drinking it and throwing up. Classic religious... Classic uh, Wild Boys. <laughs> Classic Wild Boys. That's dude. my Wild Boys right there. Wilder Boys? Wild, I don't know. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. You know what is interesting about this movie too? I was a little thrown off course. I... You know, the movie ends up being just sort of like a, a sort of promotion of the, the Buddha tale and like a little kid's realization of that or a family's realization of that. But actually what I thought the dramatic crux of this movie was going to be. And for a long time, I was like, this is actually kind of interesting at the very least slow, but it's building up to this decision, which is thought they were gonna have to make, which is like, if our son is the reincarnated version of Lama Dorja. Lama Dorja? Yeah. Yeah. Do we leave him there? Do it, like what are the monks going to do? Do the monks require then that he remain at the monastery with them and and grow up there and serve as the new master? Like, are was, the parents realizing that as they're agreeing to take the kid to Bhutan? And I was like, it's actually kind of like an interesting and point to use as the denouement of the movie. Yeah, that, but then that, that was just, my the, my main question throughout. That, yeah. was, that was the thing I was most interested in. And they just don't deliver on that they question They don't deliver at all. at all. So they have these other candidates, this little boy whose name is uh, yes. Raju. Oh, Raju. And yeah, yeah. a young girl whose name is Gita. Yeah. Who's and totally the Hermione of the group. Yeah. And so oh, they're, they're all three she's potential such a candidates. know it all, but she's got a sweetheart, you know? <laughs> yeah. There are three potential candidates for being the reincarnated version. And the movie ends with the, uh, the Tibetan monks realizing that all three of them are different aspects of Lama Dorja's original right. personality. After some very long, very slow scenes at the monastery. Yeah, where they like ask him to pick out a hat they like. Or, or very like, much for like the Trinity. Yeah, but like there's this the one Matrix, Matrix, and also the Holy Trinity. Morpheus. But like you'll ha again, I, I, I'm like, who is this movie? even for because if this if this is Great like question pat if this is a movie for kids there's yeah. like there'll be like a scene that's just one of the monks meditating and just they're thinking and it'll just cut to just just various uh, like statues around the room and chris isaac kind of like steps into the doorway and like looks at him yeah no. and then <laughs> I like to look at the statues, and that's the scene. And, and I mean, so, the monk meditates himself to death. I mean, he that does happen. He does yeah. some fucking but, death metal meditating. Just like, dun, 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 dun. But you'll, you'll you'll have these slow, pun intended, meditative yeah. scenes, right? Well, I think uh, it's, that, it's just it? like to, I feel like kids would like lose their minds. They're watching. <laughs> yeah, they They'd would. be like, "What? I don't care about this. No, no, no." So I like. I want to watch. The Game Boy. The Panda Adventure again. <laughs> well, nothing about this 
I was watching this. I didn't even think about 90s kids movies because like I did the whole time. Nothing about this read to me as something geared towards children at all. I watched this as a a Bertolucci movie. So I was kind of had like Last Tango in Paris in the back of my mind. I was was thinking about like like, I guess maybe there'll be psychosexual (laughs) rape movie or whatever. I was like I was like Last Emperor and Last Tango were the two that I had seen. Yeah, Dreamers and Last Tango. (laughs) (laughs) I was like like, somebody's got to get fucked by the end of this. I don't understand. I mean that was what I went into it thinking yeah. and then I kept with the uh yeah. the, the sort of storybook sequences with uh with Keanu right I kept thinking of a little princess which is I haven't seen that which movie. is uh a great movie yeah uh Scorch and Hot Tag Alfonso Cuaron good at making movies good yeah. um, one of my all-time I, favorite films yeah um, a little princess was one that I actually saw as a kid and was really? like this is good and then i revisited it um i don't know maybe like five years ago and was like oh wow yeah it's great still good baby and like like lubezki shot it and everything like nice. uh, yeah so they got like a good team working yeah there. like like a, a really like wonderful children's film mm-hmm. and that does have you know these uh like flashbacks are like like story book sequences to like would you say the, that a little princess basically does what this movie's attempting to do but is the good version of it well there's no it's a hard one there's no say. buddhism there's no there buddhism is, but but all i mean by that is that the little girl i mean you've seen the movie i haven't so it, i might be speaking out of like turn it's an orphanage it's at an orphanage it's, it's, it's not like she's going to india does she learn like her life lessons through these stories though is that what the movie does it, not not really okay it's, so it's um, not a good analogy it's largely like right. i think like her father was like she thinks her father like was killed killed in the war right and um and i think she has these books about india and so Mm. that she like kind of escapes into like these fantasy worlds because her own life has become so horrible got it and uh so it's not the best analogy for little buddha it's it's not okay but i was like pan's labyrinthy almost though yeah yeah. someone trying to escape a miserable situation well hey del toro and caron best buds buds. delusion i love that friendship yeah you must bum them both out though when he hangs out with them, hey he, guys. Just, he just has a huge scarf around his neck, and he's just like, "Well, it's like they're in the middle of the summer, just trying to hang out, All like have a barbecue." You just hear the Ryo yeah. talking about him, music starting to come. It's yeah. like, "Oh, he's da, coming!" Da, da, da. Oh hey, shit, guys! Is uh, that Bebo Noazuara or whatever, like <laughs> echoing in the background? Alfonso, you did an eight-minute take. Well, I did a hundred and twenty-minute take. Yeah. Also, my film is about human suffering. Suffering. Mm. It is a comedy oh. only on the surface level. It is indeed truly a tragedy. Indeed, peel that back the layers and you see only sad. Did you notice the alternate title to Birdman? (laughs) (laughs) It's the true title that I wished for. Kill what was me. that movie called again? The other the unexpected type? virtue of ignorance. Yeah, or something like come that. on, dude. Uh, you know, see, Cypher. just call it Birdman. Yeah, <laughs> call it Cipher the movie. And uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Cipher the movie. Oh, honestly, um, I I I thought this at the time, and I still think it. Um, I. Inaritu was on the short list of directors to make the second Hunger Games movie, and I still think he should have done that. That would have been pretty, pretty cool. Been fun. I th- well, Probably I hated the first Hunger Games movie, and then I never you watched hated it. I hated it. Why? I watched it's it. Fine. I was so bored. I watched that movie. And I was so. You saw bored. all the Fifty Shades of Grey movies. Those movies are sexy. <laughs> There's a huge difference. The first Hunger, okay, the first Hunger Games movie is fine. You have to admit they're different. <laughs> yeah, they're not, I don't think it's good to compare those movies. Uh, yeah, they're, they're both based on like like hugely popular best-selling books. And, and like, That's it, though. That's where the similarities end. I mean, it, it's like, I assume you haven't seen the Twilight movies. Uh, I saw the first one. Like yeah. a lot of these series, were, I think okay, I saw the first one. The first Twilight one. movie 
That's is a bad, bad movie. That's really bad. First time I read this movie is fine. I just uh, remember being so bored. That's one, all I'm okay, saying. Okay, whatever. I'm don't sorry, I'm Jake's sorry it's young. not in the Criterion Collection. Don't yell <gasps> Jake's Young. It's not a film compilation video sorry, either. <laughs> I, I, I will constantly make fun of Jake for like just... <laughs> not watching popular things. No, I um, do like popular things. This is what's crazy. Yeah, I'm don't being think misjudged here. This you is not very Buddhist of everybody. All, yeah. all I'm getting at. So is my that client is saying that you besmirched <laughs> yeah, his character. Is that I I'm the think, Long Island guy? Now. I think Inuritu <laughs> needs to climb out of his own asshole yeah. and make like a populist film. Yeah. Where uh, because he keeps being rewarded, from my opinion, making <laughs> things that. Suck to watch. Yeah, I think mm. the Revenant is just like Revenant like, is like, hilarious. We talked it, about no, this. You like it? No, no, no. Uh, we we I think we all agree. Like the Revenant, or me and Matt at least, where the Revenant an hour in suddenly turns into a comedy because oh, it, it gets so excessive. It just breaks something. Some something barrier breaks, breaks in, I mean, in your I brain. I think the bear <laughs> scene is unintentionally funny, and then especially the part where he falls off a cliff. Oh my That's God. That's where it really funny. That's where it breaks and but, suddenly uh, just gets funny. But it's just like, I do, like, I think he's very skilled at certain things and mm-hmm. I think, uh, and, and he's putting all of that skill uh, to work, make, just making testaments to like what a great filmmaker he yeah, is. It's um, not cool. And I think, and, it's not cool. I, I like, the only movie of his that I like is uh, Amores Peros. It's a great movie. Yeah. I remember and, liking Babel when it came out. I liked it when it came out. It's heavy. I haven't seen it's it in a while It's too heavy handed. And, and, I'm sure it probably is. Yeah, yeah like revisiting it, it it's because all his movies, because he just keeps piling it on. Yeah, yeah. And he can't stop. And like, it's like, <laughs> imagine if Hineki was like a sap, like a sentimental sap. <laughs> yeah. It's just like these like miserable thought experiments about like one specific shitty thing, but then without even just like the weird clinician philosophy aspect of Hineki, it's just like, like Hineki will make a movie about, about, about like one like sad, miserable thing. Yeah. Yeah. And Inuritu will be like, yeah, but what if it was about like seven (laughs) miserable, depressing things happening all at the same time? The world. And they connect. Yeah. Yeah. Or or (laughs) even like, like, like Birdman annoys me because I feel like on paper that is like, like a a fun dark comedy about just like the behind the scenes stuff with this like self indulgent play, and but then he that wasn't enough for him. Yeah, he had yeah. like like the, <laughs> but it ain't enough. <laughs> making that movie all as one shot serves no purpose. Siblings. It like it, it serves no purpose because it it, it it would make sense if it all stayed in Michael Keaton's perspective, yeah. but it leaves his perspective and just like continues being one shot while it goes over to like other characters having their own stuff going on. I'm like, you're only doing it's only one shot so that he could prove that it's all one shot. Yeah. My favorite part of But but if he had made a Hunger Games movie, yeah. he would have been required to work within these certain parameters yep. that I think would have uh, he would have put all his skill to work, but yeah. in service of something that was not just his own like like mast- masturbatory exercise. Yeah, <laughs> and it would have been his most entertaining movie, and that's what I needs mean to do. But yeah. you know what? No, he made the Revenant, and somehow it still made half a billion dollars, <laughs> which blows my mind. So he's just gonna keep making these movies. You're so mad. That annoy me forever. <laughs> all I'm saying is that yeah, I bet we got you, Pat heated. Yeah, we did. I did not uh, expect that. <laughs> All I'm trying to say is that I bet when like Guillermo del Toro and Alfonso Cuaron hang out without Inuritu, they talk some shit behind his back. Of They're course, like, dude. Man, Could, now we can finally just cut loose and dude, like let's just have a couple a cervezas yeah. and just yeah. fucking chill. Yeah, because you know what? Because yeah. Alfonso Cuaron no. made a Harry Potter movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He wasn't yeah. too good for that. He did a Harry Potter, which is like <laughs> at the time the currency of the realm was Potter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. that's uh, true. Birdie bots and freaking wands and the bail it was rock. Like, <laughs> 
<laughs> the Balrog? Is that what you just said? That's it. It's just like your references straight, bro. It was like, a joke. I know. I was also joking. Exactly. That's okay. So but, my uh, favorite part of this movie <laughs> was... <laughs> thank, okay, wait. Don't know. You're don't, the Patrick of the podcast now. <laughs> don't acknowledge it and make it... Okay. Uh... Is the best part of the whole movie is when the triumvirate of little kids are like doing their fun little gangs, like oh look at this odd grouping yeah. of like the the three parts aspects of the previous uh, llama. Yeah, but like they go and they have basically they like trip balls and have a hallucination where they <laughs> see they see the Buddha the Buddha during like the trippiest like part of the, my favorite part of the whole movie of, of like the story of the Buddha, which is like. Uh, basically the Buddha's version of um, the wandering in the desert that Jesus did where and like the, and the temptation by the, the temptation the, the equivalent of the devil what is the yeah. name of that freaking demon that's trying to get him to like have sex or drink I don't know water? that was crazy <laughs> yeah let me look up in the movie mystery research yep. but that this is where it get, this is where the visuals just become really fun you get I mean that, that the whole, image will show you of the dopey smile right. but Mara, that whole, is Mara. a demon representing the ego Okay, and that, that is like the equivalent, the sa- sa- satanic equivalent, I suppose. Got gotcha. that reason. whole uh, like army, yeah, uh, with like their flaming arrows, that, yeah, that like arrive like out of the mist, yeah. That I uh, that Keanu is just like sitting there staring down. Cool. Honestly, it, it reminded me of Bram Stoker's Dracula. It did, oh, yeah, sort it of. did, yeah. And I feel and that's what uh, this is where Storaro really gets to cut loose. Pat, and tell just, us a Vittorio Storari, if you will. About this cinematographer for Little Buddha. I yeah. mean, I could, but I. But Matt, did you want to keep talking about this section? Oh, sorry. Yeah. Oh yes. Um, just that it was my favorite, and that I thought some like this is what made me think that uh, the opposite. You know, after watching it from you, which was like, while narratively it might have been more fun, more sensible and coherent if like the family was emphasized. Mm-hmm. Part of me was like, I just want some like straight up like myth mythologically psychedelic just telling of the Buddha tale in like by like a big budget like because they do that with like um the monkey king and stuff and like Chinese myths like they there's a lot of like funding for like these weird live action like bonkers movies for that kind of stuff yep and so like (laughs) yeah so like you so then you have these women that try and tempt him but then he like is not having it and then they get tur- they get like turned into like ashes and it's actually pretty creepy like yeah, the visuals for this Mara, whole like, sequence oh, yeah. them and he gets pissed and then like you know he pulls himself out of this like pool of water and has that architect line yeah and then like a whole army tries to that's shoot also him. very impressive just like him pulling himself out of this water and they have this one shot uh and i was trying to figure out how they did it where the camera moves and keanu is like holding him like a, a like a yeah a, a duplicate of himself by the arm. It's pretty and good, yeah, for the it, time. It know? is, All, which is funny because there is. Uh, Matt, I'll, I'll let you go back to what you were saying. Like momentarily, there's this one insane <laughs> early '90s example <laughs> of like crazy visual effects. Yeah, <laughs> where you have this one. Uh, monk in Seattle explaining this dream that he had, and you have this oh. house materializing, and it and it, it just I forgot about this. <laughs> it's just like this like 
there's like no house and then you see this like wiggling shape in the air <laughs> yeah. and then it becomes a house yeah well you wow. also have the wild corny ass effects of at some point keanu is just sitting and mara has created a giant ocean and he's shooting fireballs at him and they're being like def- the, it's the same scene they're being oh yeah they're being deflected yeah and it's just like <laughs> it looks terrible it's <laughs> very mean, funny it was it's, that, it's fun that one yeah. to me i didn't seem as terrible because it was just like that's all they could do at the time but it was still like being done with skill right like the the whole like you know Wiggle weird house. dream house <laughs> appearing that seemed like a thing that like again this is the same year as Jurassic Park like <laughs> um, that's yeah. just like we had like, the technology like even like um even like the design or, or like the idea of what they wanted to happen would never look good it yeah. was just a stupid visual idea from the very beginning yeah that's yeah. that's totally on Bertolucci's shoulders for being like that yes but so this was my favorite part. This had some of the funniest Keanu moments. This was, this was had the most comedy and visual like engagement for me. And this was right. so this is so deep. This movie like I can't emphasize enough. It's two hours and twenty minutes. It's, it's very so long. long. The Australian cut. The Australian cut. Yeah. Which is mostly probably because they kept they just held on that fucking sunset and the bowl in the water, which <laughs> took too long. Uh, <laughs> By the way, there's a, there's a bowl in this movie, but it's really not worth talking about. Yeah. Let's just, leave just the bowl that out of sentence alone. Alone makes sense, right? <laughs> There's a bowl in this movie, but it's not worth talking about. <laughs> I know shit. Makes sense. <laughs> uh, so yeah, like that's where you get like the end, though, kind of of like Keanu. He becomes the Buddha. He has a big, you know, emanating sphere of like light come Peace around and him, and, and, he's, and he's a he's a taint. You just attained it. Uh, I don't want to say the joke, but I was thinking of that joke the entire time. What? Ace Ventura: When Nature Calls. Oh, oh God, there's a great scene in this movie <laughs> that just kept calling back to that because Ace Ventura in that movie at the beginning he tries to save a raccoon in a parody save... of Cliffhanger, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yep. And the raccoon falls to its death, and then he. Uh, renounces, you know, all worldly, earthly goods yeah. and, 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 and retreats to a Tibetan monastery, I guess. I saw this movie once as a child, and this is, like, all I remember. That and the uh, the rhinoceros scene. That's all I remember from the movie. But, like, one of my favorite jokes from that movie is literally what you just said. There's, like, a scene, because the monk, the joke is that the monks all hate they Ace Ventura. They hate Ace Ventura. And they, they want, want him out, to but they can't leave. because of their, like, vows of, like, being nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, finally, this, like, reporter shows up, and he, like, needs... Ace Ventura to help him with something, the main plot of the movie. And the monks are like, yes, you should go with them. You should go with them. And he's like, but master, I've yet to achieve full spiritual and purity like of oneness or whatever. And the monk just goes, there, you just attained it. <laughs> and he's like, what? And he's like, just now, you attained it. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, it's just so dumb. And then he's like, here, take the medallion. He's like, prove- but I haven't received the medallion of my, to signify and he's this he's like, attainment. take mine. And he's like, master, this took you 80 years to achieve. I don't like it anymore. <laughs> really? <laughs> so stupid. So I did start Wow, to- Steve Odekirk, guys. He's genius. It's like no. we like him. Yeah, or something. Uh, I know we just basically just did a script <laughs> read, but... <laughs> I that was so <laughs> off track. I uh, I will say that my brain did just sort of start to just think about that movie yeah. during portions of this movie because I was, and I was just laughing thinking about another movie. Well, our brains are poisoned by a, a, a stupider movie that like, I actually, I, it's a disservice to say no, it's, it's a stupider. It's a, it's a better movie. It's funnier. <laughs> you more, must more be cultural the Monopoly in- guy. <laughs> okay, Jake, come on. Anyways. Uh, but, so yeah, but you have done. A, yeah. Buddha's Shutting done. it down, Jake. Can yeah. I talk about Storaro? <laughs> Please. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so Storaro, this movie is shot by Vittorio Storaro, who is one of the great cinematographers ever. Yeah, uh, he shot 
the majority of Bertolucci's movies. Not really? everyone, but um, I think from at least uh, The Conformist onward. The Conformist? Uh, okay. He actually, he even like... Uh, the yeah, Conformist is awesome. In 1970, uh, also shot uh, The Bird of the Crystal Plumage by Dario Argento that Ooh, year. But like, nice. you know, he's interested shooting like Apocalypse Now. Uh, he uh, shot just about all the movies that Warren Beatty directed. Um, from like Reds onward, like Dick Tracy, uh, even Bullworth. Got it. Um, but he's he's great. Uh, he, I think he's won three Oscars uh, for cinematography. Okay. Uh, but he's also a funny guy who is what you could call, or what you might call, pretentious. A crank. Um, and yeah. a thing uh, in in college, my friend Jason, who we would make movies together, he was always my cinematographer, uh, and he kind of introduced me to the weirder aspects of Storaro, uh, such as a trilogy of books he wrote about cinematography. They cost three hundred dollars, <laughs> but if you uh, read them, you're the best. Maybe, yeah. but let me just tell you <laughs> the tr- uh, the title the titles of his trilogy of books. So the overall title is Storaro Writing with Light. Right. Book, Damn. Book one is called Journey with Light. Woo! No, no, buckle up, guys. Book two is called Chromatic Emotion. Get up. And book three is The Equilibrium of Elements. Triple kill. What? <laughs> and so you just it, turn into a chemistry professor. Damn, I know. Those are, that is some high octane per like fucking pretension right there. Oh, In yeah. the nineties, I. Bertolucci, I'm sorry, uh, Storaro uh, kind of, he started working less and less on like Hollywood productions. Uh, He Mm -hmm. would still shoot Bertolucci movies um, and he would still shoot Warren Beatty movies, but then pretty much nothing else. Um, Like he has very few English language movies made. Beatty or Bert and that's it. Made in the 90s. (laughs) That's Um, it. But then in in 98, (laughs) okay guys, this is what I love. Yeah. In 98, he uh, created his own aspect ratio called <laughs> Univisium. Mm-hmm. And from then on, he would not shoot movies that were not shot in Univisium. Yeah. And so you get a weird filmography where he shoots like the 2000 sci-fi miniseries adaptation of Dune. Honestly, one of the more faithful adaptations out there. But I had also- no idea that was a Storaro... It's also weird to go from, like, Apocalypse Now and Bertolucci and Warren Beatty movies to a sci-fi miniseries. Yes. Uh, Oh, he shot Dominion prequel to The Exorcist? He shot The Exorcist prequel. That's in... What what did you say it was called? Univisium. Univisium. And then he basically did not shoot any English language movies until uh, he he did, starting in 2016, a couple Woody Allen movies. Which ones? Uh, Cafe Society and Wonder Wheel. Oh, oh, damn. oh, and some really good ones, and and other stuff coming out like a rainy day in New York, York and Rifkin's festival. Yeah, it I'm, sounds like he's now just his collaborator. Uh, well, well, the thing that just two old cranks. The, the thing yeah. that that Woody Allen does not to get into like you know Woody Allen is always like yeah, a discussion. Yeah, who, not, gives, not, who gives a shit? Yeah. But, but a thing it's not worth getting that, into. Uh, but to me, an amusing thing about yeah. just like like latter or later day uh, uh, Woody Allen is just that he. All of his movies in like the 2000s, he's working with like the best cinematographers in the world. But there's movies about like people talking in rooms. Yeah. And usually you'll be like, wait, Darius Kanji shot that? Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't tell. Uh, I will say I've, I've seen Cafe Society and you notice from like the opening shot of like, oh man, uh, someone interesting shot this movie because a lot of colors going on. Yeah. There's like... It's Visual, vastly different from yeah, this stuff. It, uh, it really is. But people are just trying to get in. It's like all like 
aging, you know, like, like it's almost just like people are just trying to get it in before the, the, the person dies, you know? Right. But <laughs> the thing about Storaro that interests me is he does seem like one of these rare cinematographers that has such a huge ego that he really needs to, like, his collaborations largely seem to be like, you have to let me do what I want. I will not, like, like you're hiring me to because... You love you like my work, and you want me to make your movie like look the way I make movies look. Yeah. But like, yeah, I'm not gonna like follow your orders. <laughs> yeah. It's like I'm gonna shoot in my aspect ratio. <laughs> I'm gonna you know use whatever crazy colors I want to use. It's my big aspect ratio, and I'm gonna <laughs> shoot it now. <laughs> Thank you. But like, even like my aspect ratio is it's ready. It's the aperture is wide open. It's wide open. It's hard. It's ready. <laughs> But Coppola has talked about, like, with Apocalypse Now, for certain <laughs> for certain sequences, he would be just like, Vittorio, do your thing. Just like, yeah. do whatever you want. I like dope on, stuff. Vittorio. What is it? Like, I've, like... I like cool stuff and I make dope shit. Oh, no, no, no. My life is dope and I do dope shit. Yeah, that's what he. That's that what he is. Yeah, he, he's just like a cranky old man. How old is Vittorio at this moment? He's I, probably I, fairly old now. I think he and Bertolucci are, are both. They're both born in like 1940, 1941. Yeah. Um. Hmm. But yeah, but Storaro's just he, he's funny to me because he just could be like, you know what? I don't want to work with any of you anymore. Is that what I'm he sounds the, like? I, <laughs> just like that. He, he's. From, you know what? I'm done. You sound like Martin Scorsese just then, actually. You know what? They never worked together. No, I know, but you're just... You sound no, no, like- no. I mean, it's interesting because, like, oh. uh, Storaro worked with Coppola on, like, uh, mm, a few things. Big snub. Also, I will say... That Maybe they didn't get along. Going, going through his filmography, uh, the Storaro movie that I want to see, he shot the the 80s fantasy film Lady Hawk that Richard Donner directed, mm-hmm. what which is, seems like an outlier in his filmography. What is that about? Girl uh, Hawk? It's I, I'm not sure. It's it's some fantasy. I'm movie. pulling up Lady Hawk. Is it like the Owls of Ghoul? It's Matthew Broderick, Rudger Hauer, and Michelle Pfeiffer. Whoa. And the story is about a young thief who unwillingly gets involved with a warrior and his lady that are hunted by the Bishop of Aquila. Okay. And he comes to know about the couple's past in secret. He finds himself determined to help them overcome the bishop's oppressions, both in arms and in the form of a demonic curse. Whoa, cool! Wait, is there orcs? Yo, this sounds cool, dude. Yeah, yeah. This, yeah, this sounds cool, dude. <laughs> it was during that same era when, like, Legend came out. I'm trying to watch Lady Matthew, Hawk. It's Matthew Broderick is the main character. Oh, my God. What the, the hell, The dude? Broderick. Matthew Yo, Broderick. Bro- Broderick. I bet he's the warrior, thinking, <laughs> thinking about how he No, looks. his character's he's name the is The Mouse. He's the thief, and he's called <laughs> The Mouse. Okay, that, yeah. That, he's quite the opposite. That makes sense. Yep. But yeah, anyway, Storaro, to me, is a, is a funny guy, and uh, yeah. I'm always, like, his work always looks great. And uh, but I, I just like the idea of him probably being like Seattle. It will be blue. Yeah. Or it will be blue. Yeah. There you go. Now or yes. Yeah. A it's me, pl- Vittorio. <laughs> <laughs> Seattle. It'll be all blue. Battle. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Univision. <laughs> Univision. <laughs> uh, yeah. So I guess he's just he's there and he's doing what he to wanted to Univisium? do. Then but fuck you. Yeah, you this, is pre, this is pre-Univisium. The thing is, like, part of me has to just sort of, like, tip the cap and respect someone that's that committed to... Oh, yeah. You know, like, I tend to actually really like crank weirdos who, like, you double just, down you, you on their strange... You aspire to be one. Yeah. Yes, it would be amazing. The thing is, I, I'm not talented in almost anything to merit that. You know what I mean? It's like, you'd really have to work to deserve, to earn... Demanding directors do a specific That's aspect true. ratio, uh, but I do like the sort of the attitude. Yeah, yeah, just that. I mean, there's a 
tying it back again, there's almost like a like a like a Zen mastery of of the work. You know, you put in the hours and Zen, you're, you're, there's like an uncompromising Buddha. yeah, like Buddha, like little Buddha, like the movie <laughs> we're talking about, the philosophy, Zen Buddhism. Uh, uh, yes, and um, <laughs> Mahayana Buddhism. There is something admirable about an uncompromising like just vision to whatever art form or totally or work that's, that that's you why do. Some, that's why something like fucking zero dreams of sushi why people fucking loved that movie because you're literally watching a guy that's taking this thing that we buy like in little plastic containers like in a 7-eleven and eat quickly <laughs> yeah. we're watching like a guy Hope like you don't literally make it it's like yeah not get diarrhea yeah make it his life's work to like perfect the art of just that one small thing and but there's that always food has always been about that a little bit we don't need to start bit. talking about sushi but zero dreams of sushi um Guys, it's a good the, movie what's the best sushi in new york you know what actually nothing i'm, we, I'm nothing not ever had there's definitely got, some super expensive like masterful specialty sushi that's a thousand dollars yeah exactly yeah. Eat some puffer fish or something or what, what is it fugu i fugu. think probably yeah. in like an unmarked like a doorway that you <laughs> yeah. have to like know about from the yeah. right person. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. I got food poisoning from sushi two years ago and haven't had it since because Wait, I you just haven't because um, it's 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 ruined. Like, I've eaten for sushi me. around <laughs> you so many times. So often yeah. when we come to your apartment, I order sushi. Well, I won't get sick if I watch somebody else. No, eat I, it, but. I know. But like because I've been around you and sushi at the same time, you, you I just think like that I've eaten it somehow. I, I, like in my head, like you have also had sushi. Yeah. But I guess now I, I, I got chicken the worst nuggets, stomach bug. I had chicken nuggets when I was like seven for so every day for one summer that I just threw up like one day I was just like and it was like only it's just nuggets. breadcrumbs yeah. and, and nuggets and yeah. I literally like chicken like those spongy shitty chicken microwave chicken nuggets and like yeah. barbecue sauce turn my fucking stomach to this day oh I'm really 31 you still years old at seven years old I, I, I had it yeah wow so taste aversion is real it is real yeah I had like a seven year gap where I couldn't drink red wine because I got sick in co- like you know, a lot of people have that, that kind of alcohol yeah. experience where yeah. there's that one demon alcohol that it's like they broke their you know their 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 fast with by and had way too much of like gin or something. Oh, I, I overwind it and then I just, it was over. the The whole day was over. And you puke up blood. It <laughs> yeah, looks like it which looks is crazy. terrible. It looks yeah. like you're hemorrhaging from the inside. Yeah, like eating beets. And yeah, those. Up. Yeah, and peeing yeah. blood and pooping blood. Pooping blood. <laughs> yeah, that's red like all blood over. come out of places it shouldn't come out. Oh, uh, can, can I can I throw out another on. another rewrite idea for Little Buddha? <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Um, even though it would involve significantly changing the like the that sort of like near climactic scene yeah. with uh, the kids kind of watching having their little like vision trip scene and yeah. like uh, watching Keanu with all this um i kind of think maybe in this movie the uh this the story of like uh like the storybook with i guess you know Siddhartha yeah mm-hmm. should have been maybe just like one sequence or maybe way less of it yeah, I do wonder if it if it needed to be like almost half the movie, especially when it's it's so simplified and it is treated as like because they're just reading like a children's storybook. Right, it's like a picture book, literally. Yeah, I I yeah, it, I agree with you. I think there needs to be a separation. The problem is the movie as it stands now, obviously, because it relies on all of the pieces together. What ends up happening is every piece, when you think about the scenes themselves, you're like, that would never hold up on its own as its right. own movie. You need to flesh it out way more. Well, the, the the weird thing is, like, it seems like the the very, like, straightforward, um, you know, I guess, mission of this film seemed to be just to, like, 
show the you know the the practical application of like Buddhism to people these people now in this like context where it seems they're so far removed from ever needing to consider it, but then how it like applies and helps them in their own life. That's like basically. And at the end, Bridget Fonda is pregnant. And at the end, Bridget Fonda is pregnant, and yeah. she holds her belly, and it's like they do the. It's the same thing that Siddhartha. As mom did with the same shot where her belly rises into the frame and she like touches it and yeah yeah pat, pat, pat. sort of facilely uh, like referencing something for no real like deep reason just kind of tricking you by going like I saw that before like, and and by the way eternal the, recurrence Ooh. yeah yeah being born again yeah, I don't know again. um but the the little kid they I mentioned this earlier they decide that all three of them share individual aspects of the Buddha so okay. Now they're all Lama Dorja in some way. Um, do they now all three of them have to live in the monastery? No. What happens is they all go back to their respective homes. Like little boy is allowed to go back to Seattle with Chris Isaac. Yeah, Jesse and, just goes back. And then they sort of scatter the ashes of Lama Dorja. Or no, I'm sorry. Scatter the ashes of um, the one that went to go look for him Nor- in the first place. Yeah, the one who Norbit. meditates to death. Yeah, so yeah, who meditates to death. They scatter it into the, the water. But the, all the kids' takeaway is is that he just, they're like, now you know the tenets of Buddhism, go out and be compassionate. I was like, they're not even going to like roll him into working at the Dharma Corporation <laughs> at the, <laughs> in Seattle or anything And Justin's like already like a nice kid. Yeah, it's yeah, not he wasn't like, mean. Right. I mean, honestly, it feels like, again, this would be a, a different movie, but I feel like at the end, he should have to make some choice about like, is he going to stay there in Bhutan or will he return home? Like, give the kid a tough decision to make. Yeah, there's and no tough decisions. Instead, this kid there's is just nothing. kind of like happily going along with everything that comes his way. Yeah. And, uh, you know, his parents are just like, yeah, I mean, like, uh, sure, yeah, you can go to <laughs> this foreign country now. Yeah. And uh, there, are, there, are, there are no obstacles. Yeah, and I guess both parents now just agree. They're like, yes, our child who just what seems like a week earlier, we just thought was a normal little boy, is now also the reincarnated form of this Tibetan teacher. Can we also, I just want to point out, because yeah. it would be a shame to do this whole episode and not mention it, in one of the early uh, like story uh, flashback scenes to right. like the story of, of Siddhartha, there's a this brief sequence that where it looks like a woman is making out with a baby elephant. Oh yeah, I forgot yeah, about there, that. Yeah, there's a big it, fake it's elephant. Like, it's like the, Siddhartha's earlier. mother, I believe. Yeah. Can you imagine being the little actor inside the elephant? And there it is. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's this one. Scene. And don't worry, <laughs> don't great. worry. On on uh, our like Twitter and Instagram, and I'll, I'll, I'll put it on Reddit too. Oh, we'll, we got a lot of there screenshots. There are some yeah. very <laughs> funny like out of context images that you could pull from this film. I will give it that. Yo, yeah. yeah. Also, just lots of beautiful images. True. Spe- specifically, the stuff that's set in like Bhutan are are uh, in the, the the Siddhartha sequences. Yeah. Because then again, like w- uh, one of the things that uh, I mean, Bertolucci and and Storaro have experience shooting. Like you know, like they did like the Last Emperor. They did, already did like ancient China. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. They're good at at shooting these like beautiful, lavish, like, outdoor sequences in these foreign countries where you have, like, flower petals raining from the sky, yeah. uh, you know, like, like, hundreds of extras, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Uh, uh, Storaro uses sunlight so well. Yeah. Really so, well, yeah. So, yeah, so, like, it's a movie, it's a movie that looks great. Mm-hmm. But it leaves you feeling empty because there's, it's devoid of, like... It's so funny because like I'm seeing how like every critique I could see could 
be twisted by like a very defensive Bertolucci into like yes, but it's four matching function. It's the, the Buddhism, and it's you know it it just washes over you. You are not every, supposed to be attached to any is, of the characters, yeah, just as peace. you're not supposed to attach to the earthly things of conflict. This life. In fact, does not exist. Life is suffering, and therefore. But maybe Bertolucci didn't even care about Buddhism. Is also the other crazy yeah, aspect. Yeah, but he didn't give a like, shit. It seems like maybe and, and just like the movie just kind of happens to you, and then yeah. like and, and, ends, and you're like, I, there was some sumptuous imagery. But it makes me feel cheated even more than if it it's was just flat. shitty. <laughs> and, and again, this is not like I feel this is not designed to be a a, a difficult like obtuse art film. No. This is a movie about about some Americans in an, an unexpected situation who travel to a foreign country uh, and have like a little bit of an adventure. But as the main as uh, that guy, the main guy is dying. Yeah, as he's meditating hardcore to his death. Uh, it gets art filmy. That's like the most art film aspect. Like it's, it's it, a it, little art filmy the whole way through. I mean, but that's the, like the most so because that's like the most quiet and like kind of like they're just kind of like I don't know. It's like a sequence. It's not. It's not of like vignettes of like him meditating and then that's like people true, doing yeah. stuff. Right. And again, this just gets back to the thing that I said at the beginning. I think one of the problems with this movie is it doesn't really pick up perspective. No. It kind of jumps between like these different types of movies. Yeah. And I think it needs because to Because it's all one, Pat. Oh. See? It's like Babel. Yes. I get what you guys are doing. I don't think any of our listeners do. Watch the end of Babel, guys. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful, big was, beautiful oh, movie. No. <laughs> Do <laughs> not watch the Alejandro Gonzalez and Yurito movie, Beautiful. Oh, oh, don't watch Beautiful. Yeah, because sorry. that <laughs> beautiful. Uh, that movie, it looks nice. It is a miserable slog. Yeah. Hey, it's me, the freaking Long Island guy. I love Babel. I love watching that movie. A Long Island guy who loves Inuritu would dude, be great. Dude, I fucking cried like a bitch at the end of that movie. Dude. Twenty-one grams. Twenty-one grams. <laughs> Amore sparrows. <laughs> fucking water for chocolate. Okay. I love it. Anyway, what is water for chocolate. It's not him. That's not Inuritu. I'm just who saying movies that? that are like. He wouldn't have that character wouldn't have typically oh, yeah. seen. Also, this movie is very strange. Yeah, it's, it feels a little bit like I had a like bad I said time. like a CCD movie. Yeah, it's, it's like it, it's like did I just watch this to get like I a Buddhism one hundred and one? I don't know what CCD movies are. Just imagine going to Sunday school and like watching. I didn't go to Sunday. But school. just imagine is what I'm asking you to do, <laughs> Patrick. So, Sunday school is always one of those things that's always been like uh, just this weird curiosity to me because in elementary school, all these other kids would go to it and they'd right. talk about it and I would always be like, I don't go to church. I don't, I don't, okay, I don't so know Okay, so let me, let me tighten up my like, analogy. Honestly, everything I know about Sunday school, I've pretty much learned from The Simpsons. Okay. Okay, that's a bad... So imagine <laughs> being at school, I guess, right? And you're in your homeroom class and... Uh, honestly, school on a Sunday? Sounds bad. Yeah. You're already off to a bad start. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't Pat. remember particularly enjoying being at school on Sundays, but... I remember uh, watching a movie about a tree that became the cross. That was depressing. That I, shit I was bawled. so sad. Oh my oh, god! I liked the parts in this when uh, the tree bends down to Siddhartha. Me too. I like that. That yes. was cool. More of that cool tree. And then she gives birth in a very odd way. Standing she, up. So, she stands up and holds onto the tree and then kind of yeah. sings a song. I think that's how you're supposed. Like, I think that's how you're supposed like, to give. What birth. a badass way to do it. Yeah, in it's also good to like, loosen your shoulders. Yeah, and stuff, everyone else huh? is like laying down. It's nope, like a hyperextension thing at the gym. Well, you know, there's like people are like, oh, the squatty potty, and you're you're. 
how you're shitting wrong your whole life. Yeah, That's your why you're feet more need prone to, to hemorrhoids up. and stuff. I think it's the same principle. Guys, I wrong. shit with my feet over my head. <laughs> and I it just it. falls out. <laughs> I don't even push a little. I hang like a bat on an inversion table and I just barely clear my nose as the shit falls. It's like okay, dropping okay, something down an elevator shaft. It just falls out, dude. <laughs> okay, this is too gross. Well, guys, w- w- do we have more to say about this movie? No. no. It's all temp. It's <laughs> all, all it's all permanent. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Absolutely not. Little Buddha was fine. It was. It was. I think it's a bad movie, but there's a lot that, as I was watching it scene to scene, I found kind of interesting at worse and like vaguely enjoyable at best. I just think it's like it didn't it, offend me. It's or interesting anything. all the ways that it doesn't work. Yes, where yeah. it's like these are talented people making a thing that I feel like is like broken from the start. Because yeah. of their approach to it. Right. And again, it sounds so weird to say, like, instead of being, like, you know, a a beautiful transcendent Bertolucci movie, I kind of was, this was just like a, you know, a, a, a PG family film from Warner Brothers about yeah. a kid going on an adventure to yeah. Bhutan. I wanted to more... Honestly, call it Adventure to Bhutan. Baby, yeah. baby Train Buddha to Bhutan. or something. <laughs> so close to the other movie Ooh, about zombies. That's that a good movie. It is a good movie. Well, the thing just is... Just watch The Last Emperor. Yeah. That's what I would say. Just watch like, Train to watch... Bhutan. It's... Has nothing to do with this at all. It's not, it's honestly, not better. Just watch Jungle to Jungle. <laughs> <laughs> like fuck it. Yeah. yeah. Fuck it, dude. Watch Ace and Shore when nature calls. Yeah. yeah. Or honestly, a little princess. There we go. That's the better. That's the better. And these are our, these, these are our recommendations. I feel like yeah. this is a nice place to watch. Don't talking. watch anything by Inuri too. Don't that's do not it. true. No, oh, that's Pat. up to the viewer to decide. I'm, 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 I'm being Pat made has him. a bone to pick, and you read to and to be beat fair, him up <laughs> in the street one in time. In the street one time. It's not like I'm beating up on a guy because he's so successful and won back to back best director Oscar. No, I know, so he's I know. doing just. fine. He's probably drinking like wine right like, now. He's probably and drinking and at a huge window. Thousand dollars. He's probably <laughs> drinking child's blood. Let's be real. Let's yeah. be real. And swirling it and looking at the legs. He's probably a child murderer. I'm just gonna yeah. say it. <laughs> yeah, I'm heard it here first, gang. In your E2. <laughs> oh my god. That's what he's doing with that revenue. Crazy money days right and now. nights is yeah. just like no, gonna, hey. This is uh that's slander. Uh I I I am sorry. Can you imagine if we got sued for that? That'd be so funny. Alejandro, come on the show. We would podcast Tell us our about Keanu. We would podcast our legal proceedings. It'd be really fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh. The story that I don't think I finished telling about Keanu and, oh, sorry, and yeah. the, the interview that I watched with him. Yeah, let's wrap on Keanu. Um is about uh, he's asked about playing this figure and he talks about being on the the plane on his way to India mm-hmm. to shoot this scene and uh, a uh, a flight attendant uh, you know asks him what he's going to shoot and he goes oh I'm going to play uh, Siddhartha and the the Indian flight attendant like looks at him and gets very confused and goes but but like 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 what you aren't you are Indian? You. Yeah, yeah, you're Keanu Reeves, and, Keanu, and then Keanu telling the story doesn't have a response to that, and it's, yeah. and it's just like, well, and, and it's party like, on, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it was just it's it's a two minute interview. Uh, we'll post it on the on the Twitter as well, <laughs> so guys. You gotta follow us on Twitter at Keanu you're not, Podcast. You're oh, not, you got to. It'd be so funny, like, but you're not Indian. Keanu just orders a whiskey produced by Larry David, baby. Yeah, it was just funny because I was the one who hits the emergency exit of the plane. He gets sucked out. And don't have to deal with that question. just point break, like, just drops into the... But, like, I was watching this on the subway, and I was, like, I was so tense. I was like, oh, my God, is he going to... He's going to address... 
or give it like a reason for his casting in this role and then he just doesn't have one yeah, yeah. like a guy objects to it and he doesn't have a response <laughs> dude I don't know life's crazy yeah I would love to ask Keanu about this now it is what it is you yeah. know it's none of my business but uh yeah but Keanu, also come on the pod it, it's pretty wild that you look at the string of directors he's working with yeah oh, I want to I, I want to read one uh quote from an interview that I found with Keanu this is about little Buddha uh, honestly, mostly he doesn't talk that much about Little Buddha. He does talk about uh, fasting for the part to like lose all that right, weight. Yeah, right. He is because very skinny. We mentioned this earlier. He's, but he's skinny throughout, but there's a part when the character fasts and he loses more weight and he's extra skinny in that scene. Yeah. And I can't, sorry, you, you'll say your quote too, but I can't, I also do sort of vaguely remember just, there's a lot of articles been written interviewing Keanu recently. And I have to say, I don't know the specific one, but I do have a vague recollection that he speaks slightly positively if briefly about his experience on little buddha maybe just haven't been happy gotten the chance to work with bertolucci but yeah i, I don't I, think he remembers this movie as a huge embarrassment is what i'm really because like, it's not because no one not. knows he, says, he did it uh, his line is uh first of all i got to meet the most incredible person in bernardo bertolucci but he's going mm -hmm. from like Coppola to Bertolucci, like this early in his career. Yeah, he's locking out. It's cool. Yo, my man's having a good time. <laughs> okay, wait, guys, this is an incredible quote. <laughs> yeah. um, I'd always admired his films. He told me the story of Little Buddha, and he was glowing. It was like he was pickled in spiritual blood. What? Wowzers. He was so enthusiastic about the story and blood, said he huh? wanted to make children come and see it. So Bertolucci clearly was trying does, to make a movie yeah. for children, but the um, as for I, the kids, I, it later Last on, Tango Paris but, for the kids. <laughs> the, but okay, remember this is '93. <laughs> yeah. I uh, later on in the interview, he's asked, uh, "What was your most challenging role to date?" And Keanu replies, "My failure in Dracula, totally, completely. The accent wasn't that bad, though." So this is just like a year later, yeah. and he's already referring to how he was a total failure in Dracula. He's buying Man. the hype, though. Yeah, he probably just was reading too much of his criticism. He probably was, but at the same time, yeah. like so immediately, he's like, he has this perspective on that role. Right, and right. he's like, I guess what I'll do next is... He's not even like... The, <laughs> is like, Shakespeare. I feel like you you very... Like, how often do you idiot. actually hear an actor a year after... Uh, oh, he actually... It's interesting. He talks here a bunch about like... Uh, doing Shakespeare uh, and about like the Shakespeare aspect of my own private Idaho. But yeah. it's like, how often do you hear an actor a year out from like a movie being released being like, yeah, I was really bad in that. Hey, I mean, he's notoriously a humble, down to earth, smart guy. Nobody said a bad word about him. It's, you know. Yeah. What are you going to do? He's and, good. Uh, good Bertolucci, pickled in spiritual blood. <laughs> that is leave, a fucked up way to describe Let's leave on man. that note. Okay, so anyway, that was Little Buddha. Um, I would not rush out to, to see it. Uh, a weird movie. Yeah. Very strange. Yeah. What do we get coming up next week? Oh gosh. Uh freaked? freaked? Um is No. Freaked. One is sec. I'm I'm Will? looking up the spreadsheet. I'm looking up the spreadsheet. Freaked. Um this is really what great do podcast. We got? Yeah, saying, right I'm now. looking at the spreadsheet. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> uh no, guys, Jake, Freaked was last week. Whoops. Whoopsie day. Oh, oh, guys, awesome guys, days. guys. <laughs> next week. Speed! Hell yes. yeah! Go faster on bus. Yeah, yeah. can't stop seeing your bullet. Exactly, little bit <laughs> of a slow Clone. movie. Speed, not a slow movie. <laughs> not slow. At anyway, all. Uh, so you gotta come back here to listen to that Dude, you one. You gots to come back. Come on. Um, and for now, I, I <laughs> let's go. <laughs>
we have to stop because we're starting to say dumb shit. It's true. No. Um, I'll just, I'll just, I'll just wrap up the episode. Uh, thank you, Brian Mantolis, for our theme song. Thank you to Emma Logson for our artwork. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Keanu Podcast. Talk about the uh, episodes in our subreddit, r slash thrillums. Um, what, what, what else we got? Uh, oh, email us if you want. Uh, Keanu Podcast at gmail.com. It does help if you... Uh, rate and review us on uh, on Apple Podcasts. And if you uh, really help, if you send some artwork to the Gmail, I'll, I'll I might feature it. Yeah, you who will. knows? You will. Uh, I don't know. Well, what if it's like fucked up? Doesn't. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no, don't. I'm just saying. Don't no, just give it a blank. No yes. graphic nudity. I, yeah. I am pretty. Let's say I am very lenient. Very <laughs> lenient. So send us any artwork you want. Uh, Jake, you want to plug anything? Yeah, you can follow me on Vero at the real JT. Mm. Thanks, Real Jake. stuff. Thanks, Jake. And be excellent to each other. Yeah, indeed.